You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars The Last Jedi, the untitled Han Solo film, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and all the other new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Man, this past weekend, it was kind of an overload of Star Wars news, but that just means I'm doing great because <laughs> there was tons of cool new Star Wars stuff to get excited about. So looking forward to talking about on this episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, in case you've been missing out on what's going on for the past couple weeks, um, we actually do have a, you know, a new Star Wars animated series to talk about with Forces of Destiny, but um, also just the bulk of what we're going to be talking about here is um, just some of the news and ex- uh, yeah, news and announcements that came out from uh, D23 this past weekend. It seems weird to be recording an announcement or a podcast like the week before San Diego Comic Con because you would think that would be when we're waiting for like all the big announcements and stuff. But um, man, we got to get ourselves over to D23 one of these days because I mean. I feel like when we first started this podcast, I had never even heard of D23. Mm -hmm. And uh, here we are five years later, and it's, um, you know, seems to be getting bigger and bigger every time to the point where now, uh, as far as summer conventions go, like, that's where they're announcing a lot of the big stuff for Star Wars and Marvel. And I'm not sure about Marvel, but I know uh, Star Wars, or at least The Last Jedi, isn't even having a panel at Comic-Con this year. Um, oh, yeah. Because they did all their big stuff there at D23. So uh, let's just jump right into that. Um, and, of course, you know, might as well just start off with the big thing. Um, you know, the they didn't have a, a specific Last Jedi panel, I guess, but they had like a two-hour-long, you know, panel of presentation on um, the upcoming Disney live-action films. And so they talked a lot about, like, the uh, Disney original movies and the... Uh, live action remakes that they're doing of the animated movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, they ended talking with Marvel, uh, but right there in the middle, you know, they spent a good chunk of time talking about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, and unfortunately, this wasn't live streamed like all the panels from Celebration were. So um, I don't know. I'm sure there's probably video of it out there on YouTube or something, but I haven't gotten to actually watch this yet. But I was yeah, just. Yeah, most follow- of the videos I've seen is Ryan Johnson bringing all the whole cast out. <laughs> there's not really too much 
saying like, from the actors on certain stuff. There is a little bit, but the majority of it is just Ryan Johnson talking and then introducing the cast. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know, like, for the, f- uh, yeah, for The Force Awakens, when they had the panel at San Diego Comic-Con, like, somebody uploaded a video of, like, the whole hour-long panel, mm-hmm. um, and I was able to watch that. I don't know if there's anything like that out there for this one. Um, At least none that I've seen. Yeah, so I, I feel like there's not as much, like, news and reveals and all that kind of stuff to talk about. Like, um, you know, from the, the Last Jedi panel from Celebration where we kind of broke it down and it was like, oh, this person came out and they said this, and then this person came out and they talked about this. Um, Though there was an epic stare down between Gwendolyn Christie and John Boyega. I did, hear about, <laughs> I, I did hear about that, and I saw a picture of it, and yeah, that looked pretty awesome. And man, it's just funny how short she makes him look. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I think we're, we're going to get that Phasma Finn showdown. I think it's going to be inevitable. It's I be think beautiful. so, too. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome to see. Um, but what we did get from this panel um, that all of us got to see, even though we weren't there, uh, you know, we got not a new trailer, but a new uh, behind the scenes footage reel for The Last Jedi, um, just like we've gotten for, uh, you know, I think both Rogue One and The Force Awakens. But um Man, just so much cool stuff in here, even though, uh, you know, it's not an official trailer, um, not a lot of, like, footage straight out of the movie, but still just to see the sets and locations and the actors in costume and see them, uh, or kind of get a a behind-the-scenes look as they're filming these shots and see just the creatures and the costumes and, you know, all this kind of stuff, while, of course... You know, it's all edited together with Star Wars music, and you got clips from Anthony Daniels and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega that just gets you so pumped for it and so, you know, excited and happy to be a Star Wars fan. And it just, you know, brings warm feelings to my heart, as <laughs> uh, Yoda would say. Uh, that it definitely did. Yep. I absolutely love this behind the scenes video. I mean, I was expecting to get that. I know there were some rumblings that maybe we might get a trailer this month, maybe a little sooner than expected, but I didn't think so. And it turns out we did just get the behind the scenes video, which, you know, I was cool with, but I got to say this surpassed my expectations I had for it. There was a lot, a lot of cool stuff shown in this behind the scenes video reel. And dare I say, I think I enjoyed it more than the actual first teaser we got for the last Jedi and, not to say that that one was bad or anything, and it definitely got me excited for the movie, but this one even more so, because I just thought it did an awesome job of showing the new and unique stuff that we're going to be getting in this movie that we didn't necessarily see too much of in the first teaser. I mean, like you said, the awesome new creatures that they showed here, they just look so, so cool and unique, and more of seeing Canto Bite, just the environment, the uh, different aliens we're going to be seeing in that casino. It looks really cool. And then just more cool stuff with the characters we know and love, with but more with Mark Hamill as Luke. Poe and Finn, uh, at the end, was uh, Carrie Fisher was a great way to end it, too, saying how, you know, Star Wars is about family. And that that was a great way to end it, but just all the stuff in between just got me so excited. A lot of cool stuff I was geeking out over. So this one more than delivered on it. Just got me even more pumped for The Last Jedi. I think this is going to be some truly unique and special and just a great chapter in the Star Wars saga. I just love everything I've seen from it so far, especially what they showed us in this behind-the-scenes video. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. Um, just as far as this looking really fresh and unique and... I mean, we just watched this again before we recorded, and uh, I was just like, 
man, like I almost have mixed feelings about it because it looks so good that it's making me almost like want to keep my expectations in check mm. <laughs> in case like, you know, it ends up not really being this good. Like, you know, my, my imagination is just filling in the gaps because we've still seen so little of it at this point. Um, but yeah, even to the point where like, I mean, like you were saying, just the, the creatures and stuff and the locations. I love that one shot in, in this reel of uh, Canto Bite, which is like the casino planet. Um, and at least I'm assuming that's what it is. But, you know, you just see the interior of like this big, sparkly, grand room. And like it looks like something we haven't seen in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you could say it looks somewhat similar to like some of the fancy stuff we see on Coruscant and whatever, but it still looks like it has its own unique feel. Um, and I'm just trying to remember. I'm like, obviously, we saw this kind of stuff with The Force Awakens. And I'm sure that got me really excited, too. And again, not that I didn't love that movie, because I did, but with the, um, I mean, like I said, the fact that just the settings and the the locations and stuff and all the new stuff that we're seeing is getting me so excited. I'm like, did I feel that way with The Force Awakens, too? Because I'm sure I did when we saw the first trailers and stuff, but like looking back on the movie now, like it feels, you know, it's like you got Sand Planet and snow planet and jungle planet and x-wings and tie fighters and i mean the story is great the characters are great the just feeling of it being a star wars story and sort of bringing back all that old old school nostalgia is great but um you know i've talked about many times how like probably my biggest gripe with that movie is just the lack of new stuff um, you know, new new planets, new scenery, new ships, all that kind of stuff. And the fact that we're seeing all of that here, I'm like, okay, but is it really going to be this good in the movie? Like, is it is it really going to be as new and fresh and exciting as it's looking right now? And as even, I mean, even in the video, like John Boyega was saying that, that Ryan Johnson has managed to make this feel fresh and new and unique. And everybody's talking about how there's so much like unexpected stuff in the story. Um and again, not that I think that they're lying or that this is all just, you know, hype or whatever. It's just part of me is like, yes, that's exactly what I want. And then part, you know, a small part of me is not doubting um, or, or afraid that it's not going to happen, but just kind of keeping in check to be like, OK, let's like see the movie and make sure they deliver on all this before we just go ahead and declare this the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'll be declaring that just yet. I mean, if it does, great. But um, I mean, I'm I'm in the mindset where if everything I'm seeing looks awesome, I'm just gonna get hyped for it until I see or hear anything that tells me I shouldn't. So as long as I everything's looking as good as it does in this video, I'm just gonna be geeking out. And maybe <laughs> that's the way of being disappointed in some stuff. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I just don't see it happening for this. So if anything, it's gonna be from maybe a story aspect of it that mm-hmm. might shock and surprises, which, you know, being hinted at a lot, like you said, uh, Ryan Johnson saying that. And then I think Daisy Ridley said that at the beginning of this is how it feels different, but yet it's still like, it feels right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if it has, does end up being that, I mean, that's going to be great, but man, there's just what I like about this. There are, even though it's not a trailer, there are a lot of shots in this video that are really cool that i think you would see in a trailer that would stand out i mean one of my favorite ones early on is just a nice simple shot of you see the falcon 
and you see Chewie sitting underneath it right by a campfire. I mean, I just love the visual image of Chewie just sitting there under the Falcon at a campfire. And part of me just thinks like I'm, I'm hoping it leads to, you know, maybe uh, the first interaction or maybe or discussion that Luke has with Chewie and maybe talk about Han for a little bit. I mean, it just seems like that can happen in a scene like that where Chewie is there by himself maybe thinking about Han and maybe Luke hasn't really addressed it yet and he goes over to him and they talk about it or, you know, maybe not talk about it, but just, you know, imply in a way that, you know, what they're thinking about. So I, I just love that simple shot of Chewie right there. And there's tons of other cool stuff that I really liked in this video too. But I mean, uh, it's not necessarily a, it's just a scene that we're going to see in the movie, but we didn't get that in this behind the scenes video, but it got me definitely excited was some of the training shots we got with uh, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley with some, looks like they're going to be having, of course, they're going to be lightsaber fights in this, but mm-hmm. the sequences of what they're teasing, oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah, especially I mean, that shot of Daisy Ridley holding up her lightsaber to yeah. block and there's like three guys all hitting her at the same time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not all Kylo Ren, yeah. <laughs> but it could be some other dudes with Ren in their names, if yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I see stuff like that. Like, oh, man. Like, you know what it implies, even though you're not necessarily seeing it. It just gets you so excited. And then, yeah, because that's the, I thought the same thing when I saw that shot of Daisy Ridley. But even with Adam Driver, just maybe, oh, who's he fighting like that? I mean, it, part of me thinks, oh, is he going to be, you know, not necessarily just fighting Ray and Luke again. But, you know, we've seen those images of the Praetorian guards, and there's more that we're going to talk about of them later. But could he maybe he have like a training sequence or a fighting sequence with them, like with other members of the first order. So just new aspects of stuff like that from the action scene standpoints is getting me excited. This, and we're not even seeing actual shots from the movie, it's just training sequences and that alone is just getting mm-hmm. me hot up. So I just love how this behind the scenes video did that. And sort of like we said, some of the familiar characters that gave us some new looks at them too. And I was just thinking about this um, as I was watching this when it first came out, where the first look we got at Rey was on the packaging images that came out for The Last Jedi, where we saw her new look. But we haven't seen too much for that as far as like in the trailer that we got. It was all just, you know, kind of the outfit and hairstyle she wore in The Force Awakens. So we haven't seen her new look in that in that trailer too much after since those merchandise pictures. But we get a good look at it here in this behind the scenes video. And I think she looks really cool. And just like her Jedi look, which there was even that shot where she has the Jedi hood with holding the lightsaber. That's just mm-hmm. an awesome shot. So I'm kind of having a feeling, you know, that might be the moment, you know, after, you know, her, they're done with the training, whether it's, you know, Luke feels she's ready or they just need to end it to go out and help uh, the resistance where they have no time to waste. So they kind of have to say, okay, yeah, you're good enough, I guess. But this is whatever the circumstance is going to be. It looks like. Uh, and I'm also curious too how much time will pass with that, where you know she's looking different as that new outfit. So all those questions rise up as far as how you know what's going to transition her look from what we saw in the Force Awakens into this new one in the Last Jedi. But it looks awesome. And then we get another shot of Finn. Looks like he's you know full on in the Resistance fighter pilot uniform, which is cool. When wasn't expecting to see that. It's almost kind of like a full circle for Finn in a way, where he started out as a stormtrooper and probably in this movie he's gonna make that uh decision to you know be full on with the resistance because i believe in one of the descriptions that came out early for it where he's kind of at a crossroads so to speak when the movie begins doesn't know what exactly he wants to do whether to keep on you know being on the run or to fully join the resistance but 
looks like that might be the case where he's going to fully accept his role and be part of the resistance where he's in a fighter pilot uniform and maybe fly an X-Wing or an A-Wing. I mean, that could be pretty cool to see also. So little reveals like that I thought were awesome. We're seeing new stuff for the characters we're familiar with in new aspects in The Last Jedi that are different from The Force Awakens, which the first teaser trailer didn't really do. Like I said, we kind of seen uh, Rey in her other outfit and uh, that we saw in The Force Awakens. So I just love the new stuff that we're getting, just not only from new creatures and uh, planets and stuff like that, but new stuff for the characters we're already familiar with. I think that's great that they had all that in this video. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as far as Finn being a pilot, like, I don't know, he might just be wearing that as... I don't know, maybe he just found it in a, you know, at the resistance base or I don't know, needs to wear it for being like on a ship or something. I don't see him being a pilot necessarily, like unless he trains for that with the resistance. But, you know, in The Force Awakens, like Poe Dameron had to teach him how to shoot the cannons on a TIE fighter. So I don't think he's exactly going to jump right into the cockpit of an X-Wing and know exactly what he's doing. But that's true. Um, or maybe one of those ships needs a gunner. Maybe those new like B-wing type ships we saw on the teaser. Maybe that, they require like a gunner and a pilot and he can be the gunner. That could be. I mean, we do see a shot in here of a different uh, resistance uh, pilot, you know, sitting in like a bubble turret that looks pretty cool. Um, I believe that's uh, Rose's sister too that we found out in the Vanity Fair articles. Oh, okay. It's Paige, I believe, if I remember that right. That would make sense. They did say she was a gunner. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that was just a pretty cool looking setup there. Yeah. Um, even though we don't see the whole rest of the ship, but at least we know whatever ship it is, it's got a cool looking gun turret on it. Um, there was one shot too. I think it might be of her as well, but it's either her or some other resistance fighter who looks like m might come to a pretty painful end. Cause you see him falling like down. Like oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it looks like they're falling through like, like a Costco aisle of bombs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is like, oh, it's probably going to go off and just set off this chain reaction. Maybe that's the explosion we see in the teaser in this video in the resistance base. Maybe that's what sets it off. Oh, that's... yeah, that could be interesting. And then Phasma and the troopers enter in, and we're getting closer and closer to seeing Phasma in action because there's that shot where she lifts her blaster out and points it. <laughs> more than we got in the force awakened so every i guess that's true show of phasma with the last jedi we're getting closer to an action sequence yeah um but then we also got the shot too of uh finn and rose in first order uh uniforms mm. um looking like they're going undercover and the interesting i thought there just the way the shot was presented in this video and you know kind of like with the music over it and everything it seemed like very dramatic but I get the feeling that that scene might actually be played for laughs. And the one thing that makes me think that is because Rose's hat is so crooked, it looks like it's almost falling off her head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and I mean, Finn looks very, you know, serious and like he's trying to blend in. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see them maybe playing some comedy there where, I mean, obviously they're both with the resistance but rose has been with them longer and as far as we know didn't come from the first order like finn and mm. so uh you know maybe the two of them trying to blend in and him being you know serious and actually doing a good job of blending in and her you know totally overdoing it um with you know the serious officer shtick and finn being like oh my gosh tone it down like no 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 we're doing this no stop doing that um so that could be you know some fun interplay between those two characters there um but uh, yeah, definitely, you know, interesting to see like where they're all going to go in here. And especially like, yeah, like you're saying that uh, confrontation between Finn and Phasma. 
Um, I mean, that's, again, like I've said before, that's got to be inevitable here because, like, why else even bring Phasma back? Mm-hmm. You know, if Finn's going to have his own kind of storyline as, you know, now, like, leaving the First Order behind and finding sort of his own identity within the Resistance, like, Phasma would be a perfect uh, sort of foil or, like, antagonist for that. Um so and boy, does her armor look shinier than ever? <laughs> it just looks so beautiful. That one shot they had of her where she's walking towards the camera. Uh. Yeah, hopefully we get to see it put to good use. Yes, I think we will. Yeah, I think she she buffed it up extra shiny after uh, getting out of the trash compactor. Mm-hmm, she'd have to. <laughs> yeah. I also like that quick shot too. We got of those new uh, troopers with those staffs, and they have like the, the black shoulder pads and the black markings on their armor. Remember an article from Making Star Wars about them a while ago. They even had some like uh, drawings of what it could look like, and it does end up looking pretty cool in the in the final movie. So just more cool troopers <laughs> to fall mm. in love with. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely think those weapons they have are going to be some kind of like electro axe thing, because mm-hmm. um, you see them, you know, hold these things up, and then kind of like the top and bottom of them kind of like unfold and like flip out, but then it almost looks like almost looks like they're holding like an ice pick or something. But it definitely kind of looks like a bracket that could be holding some kind of energy that would just be filled in through, you know, CGI after the fact. So, mm-hmm. um, if I remember, I think they were being dubbed the Executioner Stormtroopers. Yeah, those weapons definitely fit that <laughs> title if they're going to be used that way. Yeah, for sure. It definitely seems like there are going to be a lot of melee weapons in this movie. Yeah, like between those guys and Phasma with her uh, pole staff thing that she's got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see like how many uh, how many melee fights we end up having. And we even still see Ray using her staff in some of her right. footage that we had in this video too. Yeah, and then of course, uh, you know, the presumably Knights of Ren guys that are attacking her. Um, as far as we know, they're not all going to have lightsabers. So, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be fine with me because I, <laughs> I love melee combat, especially in Star Wars. And we get a lot of it in this movie. And I'm all for it. Oh yeah. Especially, like, we could watch Finn basically fight Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's anything like the fight she had with the Hound, uh, we're in for something really cool. <laughs> oh, that would be brutal. <laughs> Poor Finn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't think it's going to go that brutal, but... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, just obviously so much cool stuff in here. Um, yeah, I want to go back to a little bit more of some of the new creatures that they showed in here. And there was one where there were some behind the scene photos that got leaked a while ago when they were filming the scenes on Canto Bite. And there was that shot of Finn or the back of Finn and Rose on that giant, like it was a horse type creature. And we didn't really get a good look at its face. And now in this video we did, and it's like in the stable, it just looks really, really cool. I, just, I think it's going to be a cool creature to see in the actual movie when it's all said and done. And then seeing it in motion, if the scene makes it into the final cut where Finn and Rose are riding it, uh, I think it should look really cool. But then some creatures that at least I didn't hear rumors of or anything. I don't know if anyone else did, and I just missed it. But those wolf-type creatures that they showed in here, again, look really cool. And I'm curious to see where those are going to end up in. Is it is like Canto Bite also going to be housing like some rare animals um, that are going to be on that planet? And that's how Finn and Rose stumble across that horse-like creature? Or are these wolves going to be on uh, part of the natives on uh, Acto? That are going to be part of, you know, because we also got to look at those uh, bird-like creatures in this video, which are officially called porgs now. So 
they're not con very sad to say but yeah <laughs> I'm, sadly. Hoping, I'm hoping they're like all part of the same family so to speak where they're technically a different species but yet they're related somehow because <laughs> i think that'd be cool if there's like the force birds like a force birds family <laughs> even though they're mm-hmm. technically different species but yeah just loving these creatures that we're getting so far revealed with their designs it looks like really neat yeah you and, know it's funny i i'm scrubbing through the video right now because you were talking about the horse thing and i was like wait i don't remember seeing that um and now like i stopped on that shot and i'm like oh yeah i didn't even catch that the first time that like that was the thing they were riding on in the behind the scenes shots mm-hmm. um because yeah i mean it's got such like an interesting like weird looking face yeah but it, it looks it just looks like a like not necessarily a horse but that type of animal that you know you just can't help it right you know, well yeah it, it looks like a horse like body but mm-hmm. with almost like a goat face with yoda ears yeah it's like it has a lovable face that you know you <laughs> yeah so i'm just hoping nothing happens to it i hope it has a better fate than boga did and i Jones was said. gonna <laughs> say the track record is not good for lovable animals i know boga luke's tauntown <laughs> oh yeah yeah see if if it dies as long as it gets the dignity of nobody sleeping inside it yeah, <laughs> yeah. then again i guess that tauntaun could you know brag to all the other tauntauns in the afterlife like you didn't get to save luke skywalker's life that's true. Yeah, but <laughs> did become the most famous Tauntaun. I mean, they made sleeping bags out exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I got to mention this. That little creature we see on, like, the casino table of Canto Bite. And I sent the tweet out of this. And I just couldn't help but think when I saw it, it could that be the same species as me for Gascon? Could it? <sighs> How I want it to be that. <laughs> Would they actually make me geek out about that? But, I mean, you know they're not going to confirm or deny that in the movie. I know. <laughs> That's going to be something in the visual dictionary, and you're going to be the first one to flip to that page and be like, yes, it's him, and I'm going to be like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> like, kind of the same thing with the Converies and the Porgs. Can they at least be the same species, that little creature and Beaver Gascon? Because, yeah, they look different, but we've seen species that look different, and you just think of, like, boss gnats and the other gunkins and then there's some tweelex that look different from each other so let's just throw me a little bone and have that be the please yeah <laughs> i never understood how is orn free ta a tweelek exactly like yeah. all the other tweelex have two tails like that's where they get their name from they have twin leku he's got like four of them mm. and is it just because he's so big that like his extra fat like grew into extra things on his head or is he like you know kind of like a queen bee or something where like they look different from the rest of the species because they're important like i don't know <laughs> i know there's got to be an explanation for that maybe i just don't remember one of the encyclopedias i have what do you look under tweet legs or at least maybe his bio or something yeah i don't know and actually yeah now that i think about it i'm like i might have seen that in a book somewhere too um i'm looking for that shot of the porg too because even though they're not converies this thing is freaking adorable looking mm-hmm. <laughs> i could just already seen a bunch of like stuffed animals or these like uh funko pop toys of the per of the porgs are gonna be you know so popular and everyone's gonna want to get oh yeah it's gonna be like how in uh you know after guardians of the galaxy everybody wanted the dancing baby group yeah uh this will be totally like the cutesy toy that everybody wants for christmas yeah just that way that quick shot where it just turns and looks at the camera like looking at you with his eyes bugging out (laughs) yeah 
Um, and then let's see. Oh, you know what I also I think is cool was the um, there's that shot of Ray like diving underwater. And I don't know if it's going to be just like a quick shot of her diving into the water, but it lo- definitely looks like the camera is like getting some underwater footage. So, you know, yeah. if there was some kind of underwater scene, I would love to see that. Um, I just think that would be, you know, some really cool kind of scenery. I don't know if it's just part of her Jedi training that she has to like hold her breath for a long time or if she's diving down to find like the entrance to some ancient cave or something like that. But either way, like uh, that's something we've never really seen in Star Wars before, I guess, aside from Obi-Wan, you know, briefly falling into the water after, uh, you know, the aforementioned Boga gets killed. Well, we got the whole uh, dive into Autogunga in the Phantom Meadows. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, never mind. I take that back. <laughs> but I know what you mean, though, where it could be a cool, some similar to that, but yet different, where she's not going into a city. I like the idea of what you said, where she's going to, like, an ancient uh, cave or entrance to maybe this word leads to that a uh, room where those old books we saw in the trailer, or maybe that tree we keep <laughs> hearing and seeing some uh, behind the scenes images of. So maybe this is like the path to get there, mm-hmm. so to speak. So that could be cool. Yeah, definitely. There's also that shot at the beginning or kind of near the beginning of, uh, it looks like an explosion on crate. Um, and just the way that that's being filmed looks really cool with just like this big spray of, you know, red dirt and clay and everything. Mm, yeah. Um, Man, can't wait to see how that battle scene plays out because, um, I don't know, that should be really cool. That's going to be a really cool-looking planet. Um, and I'm just like, man, what are they going to do with, you know, this big battle with walkers and stuff like that? Um, I mean, I'm like, come on, Ryan Johnson. I trust you. I know you know better than to just recreate the Battle of Hoth on a different planet. So uh, can't wait to yeah. see what's going down there. I don't think those new ships that we saw on the trailer are going to have tow cables <laughs> to bring them down. I think they'd have to do something different, to, especially when they got those new gorilla type walkers that we haven't seen officially in the movie yet, but you know, they're there. If you could make them out a little bit in the first tee of the trailer, but yeah, it's going to take more than tow cables to take those ones down. Uh huh. Yeah. I wonder even if they'll maybe show somebody try that and be uh-huh. like, Hey, you remember, you know, from, uh, those old, uh, you know, war, I was going to say textbooks, but you know, it's going to do a Peter Parker. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, Hey, you guys ever hear about that really old battle of Hoth? Um, (laughs) Like, let's try that. And then the guy ties up the Walker and it just keeps walking and like snaps the cables and steps on the ship. And they're like, okay, (laughs) let's try something else. Yeah. I was thinking that like, it's doing anything that's working, but then all of a sudden you just get stepped on. (laughs) Yeah. Gorilla Walker. Um, and then we also see a shot in here of uh, not Maz Kanata, but Lupita Nyong'o, um, you know, with the dots on her face and stuff like that. Um, also, I just noticed there's a, a shot of Poe in the cockpit of a ship that is definitely not his X-Wing. And it looks like a battered old thing that's probably one of those ships on crate. Think of the same thing, too. When I first thought, I thought, oh, maybe it's, he's in an A-Wing. But no, looking at it, like... And it's still having on pause. It looks like it is those new like B-wing type ships that they're going to be using for that mm-hmm. battle on crate. Yeah, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, maybe it's an A-wing or like a different kind of X-wing or something. And it's like, nope, that is definitely a new looking cockpit. Yeah. Um, and he's not even in a flight suit either. I mean, he just has like a headset on and a jacket. So that's making me think like, oh, okay, maybe this is, um, you know, for like a, a ground battle. That, you know, he doesn't need his space pilot gear. Mm-hmm. 
or maybe just, it's kind of an emergency type thing where there's no time or, you know, most of the, this is after we see that shot of the X-Wings and A-Wings getting blown up in that hangar and <laughs> like the Sassari up and get into that new ship. <laughs> and fly that in a space battle against TIE fighters. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Poe. <laughs> I'm curious to see, you know, I mean, because we still don't know the context of a lot of these shots, but, you know, are they that attack that we see Phasma and the Stormtroopers and that explosion in that hangar, is that on the planet crate or is that like a resisted ship or like some, you know, uh, uh, capital ships where, you know, a big chunk of their, you know, X-Wings and A-Wings are being held, but then that gets destroyed and they have to retreat to crate or they have to make refuge there or something. So I'm just curious to see how it's all going to play out or is that attack that Phasma and the Stormtroopers make is on crate and that leads into the big battle with the walkers and all that. So I'm just trying to, it's kind of hard to do it now, but Star Wars fan can't help but try to put these things together and put the puzzle pieces and make them fit how the movie's going to play out. So I'm already thinking about those possibilities, but I will eventually find out. Well, just to play along with that, my speculation would be, I think that shot of like the X-Wings blowing up and stuff, I think that is from the, well, I was going to say, I think that's from the space battle, except then we've already seen shots of the space battle with X-Wings flying around and stuff, but maybe that's just like on one of the capital ships and they're like the last one to join the battle and before they can launch their fighters, um, you know, maybe Kylo Ren shoots a missile into their hangar or something like that and then, uh, you know, through the flames and stuff like Phasma brings a boarding team or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I did always assume that that shot was like in the hangar of a ship and not, um, on a base necessarily. I mean, the resistance very well may have a different base in this movie. I mean, we know it seems like, uh, they're going to, you know, at least at some point take over this base on crate, but, um, I mean, in the force awakens, they didn't really have like a big central hangar, like on their, you know, their ground base where they kept all their ships. Like all the X-Wings were kind of in those separate hangars on the, you know, under those hills and stuff like that. So um, just seeing like one big enclosed hangar with a metal floor and everything, I guess just the first thing I thought off the top of my head was um, capital ship, but it could very well just be a different base on a different planet too. Like yeah, you said, re- not really much to go on, but it's fun to speculate. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, the uh, first order is definitely going to, looks like they're going to make the resistance pay for blowing up Starkiller base, <laughs> whether it's on, you know, the hangar, one of the main ships and on crate also. Yeah. And hey, I actually just noticed something here that I hadn't seen before. Um, you probably noticed it because you've probably watched this more times than I have, but I haven't actually gone through and like freeze framed this yet to like pick up on all the little details. Um, and there's actually a shot of Luke's new outfit and the one that mm-hmm, we had yep. talked about being rumored where he kind of looks like Count Dooku. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool looking. And it's not quite as Dooku-ish as I thought it might be, although the tunic actually does kind of fit that mold but it's you know just like looks like a brown tunic with uh maybe like dark gray pants and then he's wearing kind of a cloak capelet thing over it and it has like a satchel down at his side um yeah this is definitely one of the shots that stood out to me too when i saw it seeing luke <laughs> just i mean just seeing luke again is always awesome <laughs> that it is a new outfit and yeah i kind of thought the same thing where where we heard those reports about his new outfit and what how it had a little duco in it and it, I did get that vibe too, but like you said, doesn't look exactly like it. But you can tell where you know, things was making Star Wars, where it had that description, where you can definitely see where they kind of got that Dooku feel to it. But kind of going back to what I was saying about 
uh, Ray in her new outfit. I think maybe the same is going to be for Luke, where they're both going to leave uh, Octo in these new outfits because it seems like he's ready to travel, like you said, with that satchel he has on. So mm-hmm. looks like when they leave and meet up with the Resistance and Leia, Finn, and Poe, they're going to be wearing these outfits. So, again, it makes me think what, how much time is going to pass. I'm really curious to see how much time is going to be with their training because we know the movie starts right where The Force Awakens end up, but doesn't necessarily mean the whole movie is going to be right after. There could be a good amount of time that passes. So I'm hoping... Um, I hope it's a good amount. I just don't know if they'll actually go where, you know, she's on there for a year or a year passes in the course of the movie. But I hope it's a, a few months at the very least where she's been training with him and then they decide it's time for them to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's probably going to be some kind of training montage or something that shows passage of time. At least I think that would make sense. I don't know if that's yeah. the route they're going. but Because um... I think it can make sense on... Uh, both sides as far as the heroes go were Luke and Ray, and then the rest of the resistance where maybe as we were talking about before, maybe the attack that happens, that's pretty early on in the movie. And, you know, we see that and then we see uh, Ray uh, handing the lightsaber to Luke that we saw in the force awakens. And maybe once those events happen and we see the resistance get attacked, though someone will say, or we'll get the point across where we know some time has passed. They don't maybe specifically say how much, but we see the resistance kind of regrouping themselves on crate. And then we see more of Luke and Ray's training. And then of course, with their new looks later on. So I think there is a way for having it work on both fronts where it doesn't feel like, Oh, it seems like it's a long time for Luke and Ray, but yet the same stuff's going on with the resistance where we last saw them. So I think it can actually work out if they go some somewhere down that line where it shows on both sides where time has passed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's never something that they've been too overly concerned with, like explaining in star Wars movies in the past anyways. Mm. So I think, however they decide to do it, um, I mean, they probably, it's not going to say like 362 days later, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, but like I said, I think you'll just get a good general sense that like, okay, maybe they've been there a while or, oh, okay, maybe this is right afterwards or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think just whatever makes sense to the story, um, I, I think they're going to just do a good job getting that point across. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got to say, as much as I geeked out over this footage and all the cool shots that I just loved from it, there was one that probably my favorite that gave me a little goosebumps, and it was just the simple shot of we seeing – we see the from the Force Awakens and in the even the very first video they uh, released saying Episode Eight's now in production with the shot of Ray handing the lightsaber over to Luke. But in this, we actually see Luke holding that iconic lightsaber, and I think we spoke a lot of this before, where wasn't entirely sure that Luke was ever gonna like accept it or hold on to it again. He could have refused it or just said, you know, this is yours now, but. We see right here he is holding it, and we see the <laughs> green dots up on his hands, so where you know they're gonna post in the robotic hand later on. But I just something about that shot, seeing Luke at this age and at this point in the story holding that iconic lightsaber again, I just thought it looked really, really cool. And even mm-hmm. in, from behind the scenes shot, I thought it looked awesome. So as much as I loved everything in this behind the scenes video, I think that's probably my favorite shot. Just seeing Luke hold that lightsaber again. It was just so, so cool. Yeah. And you know, what's weird? Like I'm kind of surprised I missed that, but like it didn't even like, I I remember that shot, but it didn't Mm. 
sort of strike me because I'm like, well, yeah, we saw Ray handing Luke the lightsaber and now he's taking it. Like in my mind, it just kind of seemed like a logical progression from one thing to the next. And I, but now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, oh yeah, like we're seeing Luke with its old lightsaber again. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yep. And I don't think we've seen any shots of Luke with his, you know, green lightsaber at all, like with attached to his belt or anything, or even in that shot we were talking about earlier in his new suit and he has that satchel on him. There was no sign of that uh, Return of the Jedi lightsaber. I know I've seen some uh, fans online like kind of hoping that, you know, nothing didn't happen to it. It's still there somewhere. They're just kind of keeping it secret for now, kind of how they kept uh, Ray using a lightsaber a secret, which I think they are. They're not showing it here yet because I think that's going to be a big, big moment in the movie mm-hmm. to see Luke ignite a lightsaber, especially that iconic green one. So, oh yeah, yeah, I I'm not worried about that at all. Like, <laughs> and like, yeah, that did kind of cross my mind. Like, you never see, you don't see him holding it or anything, but yeah, that is going to be such a cool moment in the movie. Um, at this point, I definitely don't think we're going to see that in any trailers or anything just even like him igniting it or anything like that but even throughout the course of the movie itself like if he was walking around with a lightsaber on his belt the whole time you'd know oh yeah he's probably going to use that at some point um i think he's got it tucked away somewhere i don't know where but uh yeah i think when he pulls it out it's gonna be like it's not just gonna be like hey let me turn on this lightsaber i've had on my belt the whole time it's gonna be like okay, time to go dig out the old fossil and yeah. <laughs> you know, bring bring this thing back out. Um, time to get serious. <laughs> yeah, and just seeing him pull out the handle again, it's going to be like, oh, here we go. And then, you know, just seeing that green blade light up. Yeah, I could just picture <sighs> how they're going to do it where, you know, something's going down where, you know, he has to get that lightsaber back. He doesn't say anything. He goes back into his rumors place where he's living on octo we see a a case or a chest we open it but it's from behind the chest and we just see luke's face as as he opens the chest but we don't see what's inside it and then it cuts to another scene and then later on we see luke walk out and then that's where we get to reveal what was inside that chest was that lightsaber and he ignites it and the theater will erupt in applause (laughs) you know what i would also love to see and I know this has been done before, but I'm trying to picture like, okay, if if there's like an emergency or something, it's like, and I mean, it could be in preparation for a battle where Luke knows I'm going to need my lightsaber. So maybe he goes and gets it out of a chest or something like that. But also like in the heat of the moment, if he suddenly finds himself in danger and is like, I need a weapon, you know, and uh, doesn't have it on him. I'm like, well, how is he going to get it? Is it going to be like stuck up his shirt or something like was he just hiding it the whole time and didn't have it on his belt and then i'm like what if r2 has it oh man i didn't even think about and that and he that gets was... to shoot it to him again just like oh, he did man. in return of the jedi <laughs> that would be pretty awesome too and now that i think about it that would make sense where maybe he did send it off when he sent r2 off he left the lightsaber in him too that could be actually pretty cool also Nancy, now I don't know which one I think would be cooler. <laughs> those would both be really big crowd pleasers <laughs> when this yeah. scene happens. Because, again, I'm thinking, like, if R2 had it, that might feel too much kind of, like, been there, done that. Because, you know, obviously over the Sarlacc pit and everything, that's, like, the same thing that happened. But if it makes sense within the context of the story, 
you know, if they're like out in the middle of nowhere and you know Luke is about to get into a situation where he's going to need his lightsaber, but you're like, he clearly doesn't have one with him. Like, what's he going to do? And then even if R2 doesn't like shoot it out again, even if it's like before going into battle and he like just kneels down next to R2 and is like, you know, hey, my old friend, like, I I need my weapon back and a compartment just pops open on R2 and Luke takes the handle out and it's just Mm -hmm. like, man, it was in there that whole time and we didn't know. Yeah, or he could just say something as simple as, do you still have it? And then R2 lets out the beat. (laughs) Yeah, see, I think that actually be better than, like you said, retreading the whole Return of the Jedi thing where he shoots it out. Even if Luke's right there and he just asks R2 if he still has it. Yeah, just a quiet moment between yeah. old friends and you know what that might be the reason that ryan johnson asked jj abrams to have r2 uh, go with ray instead of bb8 ah yeah <laughs> because i mean as cool as it is just to have the reunion between those two classic trilogy characters anyways um you know i i would want to see luke and r2 reunited even if there was no uh lightsaber subcontext to it but if he like really needed that for a practical story reason, he's like, wait, you know, he sees the force awakens. He's like, Oh wait, she takes BB eight with her at the end. But you know, I, I need like his lightsabers in there. (laughs) I'm just getting super excited. Just thinking about that possibility. (laughs) This is speculation. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Oh man. And then, yeah, like I said, I love the idea of just having that quiet moment between two old friends with, I mean, I think you, had it perfectly where you know he could just kneel down and say like do you still have it like you know just minimal description um just giving us the the hint that r2 has something that's important to luke that he's been holding on to for a long time and obviously something that we haven't seen up to that point in the movie and we're all gonna be like i know what it is yeah (laughs) that's the thing too i think it'd probably be a pretty mixed reaction as far as fans and his general audiences knowing what it is but there could be a good amount to that what he says like if he says somewhere do you still have it they won't necessarily know what he's talking about right away so it could be make for a really cool surprise for like if it does happen that's how it plays out and just <laughs> i really hope that's how it happens that would just sound yeah really, really but cool. i still Especially- think I mean, there would just be a buzz over the audience because yeah, the, the totally. fans, the general audience, like some people might know exactly what he's talking about. Some people might not catch on at all. But I think a lot of us would just be like, wait, does he have what? The lightsaber? Is he talking about the lightsaber? Oh, my gosh. Is it his lightsaber? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> See, the, part of me is like really excited. But let's say I want to get my hopes too. don't get my hopes up too high expecting that. But what you're talking about him asking for r2 to be there instead of bba makes a whole lot of sense and i think you know putting the pieces together it could be something that maybe play out where we're not expecting it too much but it could be something that is plausible Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm not gonna like put all my chips on that right now but um because it still could just be a scenario where he just wanted to get some interaction between luke and r2 and thought that would be a really cool pairing to see on screen again which again i have no problem with that either um and watch, they're going to like let us all down and we're going to have to wait till episode nine to see Luke with a lightsaber. It's just going to be this <laughs> slow build. It's like yeah. episode seven, you see his face for five seconds. Episode eight, you hear him talk. Episode nine, okay, now he can ignite the lightsaber. <laughs> but I really hope that's not the case, especially with the way that they've talked so much about how this really is like Luke's moment to shine in this movie. Yeah. Um, 
and again, uh, we said it on that episode that talked about that uh, possible uh, rumored sequence that's going to happen. So uh, there's indications that that could be the case. So <laughs> there's like a lot of things that lead me to believe that we're going to see him use that lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And actually, I'm trying to remember now, like in the, the rumored scenes that we talked about, I thought he was just using a lot of force powers. So I don't remember that description actually talking about him using a lightsaber, but it would still just like make a whole lot of sense for him to use it in that sequence. Yeah. And I could totally having to be a little bit like Yoda in Attack of the Clones, where, you know, put his force abilities on display, but then when it's time to get serious and get down to business, he takes out that lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm like getting chills just thinking about I this. I know. <laughs> Is it December yet? <laughs> Please. This year is going by pretty fast, I will say. I mean, I think we just got five more months to it. But when we start talking about cool moments that could happen like that in the movie, man, you want to see it right away. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? This is fun, though. It's been a while since we've had a good episode eight speculation, uh, yep. you know, discussion here. Um, so it's good that they've given us some more substantial stuff to chew on. Oh, I totally did. This is why I love this video so much. There's a lot of stuff to speculate on and just images and glimpses of stuff from the movie that just gets you really excited about the possibilities that could happen in it. So that's why I love this video. Mm -hmm. like, and just, like, again, to surpass my expectations for it just being, okay, a cool behind-the-scenes look at the movie and seeing the actors and costumes and behind-the-scenes stuff. It'll be cool, but no, I think it gave us so much more. Yeah, like, and I love these kind of videos because it's, Basically, I mean, it's almost like watching a trailer, just kind of this like one more so, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a a more stripped back version of a trailer, if that makes sense. Like you're you're not seeing like finished footage, like how it's going to actually be presented and framed in the movie and everything with the special effects and everything. But you're still seeing scenes play out. You're seeing the characters in costume, you're seeing stuff blowing up. You're seeing, you know, new locations and vehicles, something we didn't even mention. There were a lot of cool shots of like a lot of new speeders in this, uh, in this video too. That's right. Yeah. Um, that may all be, you know, on the streets of Canto bite or whatever, but, um, yeah, some cool new looking designs of just land speeders and stuff. But, um, it's like, you're, you're essentially seeing a lot of stuff that's going to be in the movie. Just, from a different angle and like with a camera guy in front of the action that's happening. But, you know, as a fan, you can still just kind of use your imagination and, you know, remove the, the cameras and the green screens and stuff that you see in the background of these shots and think like, man, but this is how it's going to look in the movie or like, this is still star Wars. Yep. Totally. <laughs> and we didn't mention too, about getting more good looks at the new characters of, uh, Laura Dern's, uh, Holdo. I hope I remember her name right. Yeah, <laughs> it's they, yeah, it's Admiral Holdo or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, Benicio del Toro's character DJ. So um, there was a cool shot of uh, Holdo looks like interacting with uh, General Leia there. I don't know if it's at the Resistance base or on the starship, but it looks like they're having a friendly like greeting to one each other. Almost kind of like uh, the look on uh, her face is like almost an admiration of, you know, knowing who General Leia is in her legacy, which is cool. And then for Benicio Del Toro's character, DJ, it looks like he's on uh, the bridge of a, a cockpit of a ship. And I think there's two shots of him that we get where he's on some type of cockpit in the ship. And he has some type of 
headgear or hat or something on his head. So it's still his character is kind of a mystery of what his role is going to be. So it's, I remember when he was first, the rumors about him being cast, oh, he's going to be, you know, maybe a member of the Knights of Ren or first someone in the <laughs> First Order. But I don't think he's any of those. So it's yeah, be clearly to see what not. His role is. Uh-huh. Although I did just notice he's uh, in one of the shots of him, you can see just the top of BB-8's head sticking up in the bottom of the frame. So, oh, really? Yeah, I I picked up on that. Yeah, it's at like one forty-eight. You just see the little top of the dome down at the bottom. Okay, now I got to go to that. Okay, yeah, you're right. I see it. Yeah. Hmm. So you know, I'll probably have uh, some kind of interaction with. Uh, I don't know, either Poe or Finn, whoever's going to have BB-8 for most of the movie. But I'm assuming yeah. it's probably going to be Poe because BB-8 was his droid to begin with. Exactly. So maybe he just has a run-in with the Resistance or for something. Who knows? Yeah. By the way, totally digging Poe's new jacket, too. <laughs> we'll see if he ends up giving that one to Finn later on in the movie, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think he's like, you know, Finn, you can keep that ratty-tatty old one and, uh, you know, I'm going to be styling now. Um, or maybe he gives uh, the X or the X-wing fighter pilot outfit Finn wears his pose old one too. <laughs> he just gets all the pose hand me downs. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find where this shot is because there was a shot of. Um... Oh yeah, here we go. Finn and Rose and Poe all standing around, uh, you know, the inside of. I don't know if this is like a medical room or something, but um, yeah, basically Poe's wearing like a black leather jacket now mm-hmm. with. Uh, the resistance logo you know stitched on the shoulder in uh red and yellow I'm like that is a nice jacket another thing we haven't talked about yet that one shot where there's three kylo ren helmets sitting on a table where <laughs> two of them look damaged and messed up and one of them looks uh nice and you know the way you expect it to look that is true and we did also uh, we didn't talk about this either there's a shot uh where you see kylo ren with his helmet on that's right, too, in his cape. Yeah, gosh, I like I already went through this whole thing. Now I got to go back to the beginning yeah. again and scrub through <laughs> and find more shots that we forgot to talk about. Yeah, I know. You know talking to you, Paul, a lot. You guys are worried about Kylo Ren not wearing his helmet a lot in this movie, and probably that might still be the case. But if they had to make three different helmets for it, so maybe it'll be in it more than you think. Well, I mean, look, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm worried about it necessarily. Like I might be slightly disappointed, but I've kind of accepted the fact by this point that I don't think he's going to have the helmet much in this movie. Um, From the fact that almost every shot of him we've seen so far, whether it's in, you know, trailers or in here, or even like the publicity shots of him, like in battlefront, um, you know, well, we saw him with the helmet on, like in the battlefront, trailer and stuff but then um the shots where it's like oh pre-order to get the exclusive you know episode eight ray and kylo ren costumes like he doesn't have the helmet on for that so i think he's gonna have go the majority of the movie without the helmet plus the fact that in the first trailer we see that shot of it smashed so i'm not holding out too much hope for um a lot of you know awesome kylo ren helmet shots in this movie but um yeah i guess i'm okay with that (laughs) I will say, too, regarding Kylo Ren and with his cape, I remember when we were talking about that, about the possibility of his new costume having a cape and how you weren't sure how it would look and if it would be better than the one he had in The Force Awakens. Well, now that I see it here, this is our best shot of it, 
I will say I think his look in The Force Awakens is a little cooler. There's just something about that, you know, raggedy old cloak and that hood that he had that I just look, thought looked really cool and went well with his helmet. Mm-hmm. So this one, not to say it looks bad or dumb or anything, because, you know, it's hard to make that helmet look dumb. But <laughs> I just think there was something unique and special about that one he had in The Force Awakens with the hood and that, you know, ripped up, tattered old little cloak he had wearing it. So it's a change. I'm kind of glad they are uh, going with a, a different look for him so just to make it different a little bit and mm-hmm. differentiate it from the force awakens but i will say the force awakens outfit he had looked a little cooler in my opinion well and here's the thing i mean darth vader wore the same outfit for three movies so it's not like you need to change it up but i think it works for the progression of the character too mm-hmm. um i mean for one thing i don't know like we know who's under the helmet now You know, and even though the helmet looks cool, I mean, part of the thing in The Force Awakens was wondering, like, who's under that helmet. And then we find out that it's Han Solo's son. It's like, okay, well, what does he look like? I mean, those of us who knew that Adam Driver was cast as the character, you know, well in advance, um, obviously, we're already going to have some kind of idea. But um, I think that was kind of part of the appeal of it, like, within the movie itself was the reveal of who's under the helmet. And now that we know that, it's not like he needs to go back to wearing the helmet 24 seven. Um, and also like, yeah, I would agree. I, I definitely like his costume better from the first movie, but especially with the helmet. Um, I think, you know, this whole thing with like the Cape and the no hood, like the helmet looked really good with the hood on over it too. Um, and having like just this cape hanging down from the shoulders with no, it looks like there's no hood or anything to it. Um, I'm like, I'm not digging that look all that much with the cape and the helmet, but I do kind of like what we've seen of like, just, you know, Ben Solo, if you will, um, you know, with the, the no or yeah, the no helmet, the scarred face, the cape and everything like that to me looks, I don't know if I would say better than the first movie, but again, like I said, I think it's a good progression. It looks different. Um, but still looks like the same character. Obviously you can still tell it's him and he has more or less the same outfit on under the Cape. But, um, I think that's a pretty cool change. So yeah, like I said, I'm okay with it. And for, you know, whatever the reason is for the helmet getting destroyed in the movie, um, yeah, it'll be sad to see it go, but we've always got the Force Awakens, so. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to find the shot where you see all of them lined up on the table because I know there was yeah one that was kind of like damaged but not completely obliterated or anything. Mm. Hey, how far like, in? How far into the video was that? It's like kind of near, it's at the two minutes and twelve second mark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like the one front. And- that you see best of it was all damaged on the front and the one in the middle looks all nice and clean. And then the one in the background is almost like another damaged version they have of the helmet. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely think this is like just the props table. It's not, um, yeah, I don't think this is like a shot from the movie or anything where it's going to be three different versions of his helmet. Um, although it would be cool if you just had a closet full of them. Yeah. (laughs) The one that breaks anyway. (laughs) Snoke punishes him for failing to, you know, stop Ray and stop Starkiller base from exploding by smashing his helmet, and he just goes back to his room, puts another one on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh man, I can't wait for this movie. 
I mean, even just looking at the shot of the helmet, I'm like, okay, what happens to it? Why, why is it getting destroyed? <laughs> like what's going on? So many unanswered questions. I am, but it's all looks amazing though. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, not only does this made me just more excited for the actual movie, but I mean, I just can't wait till we get that second trailer now because mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be a lot of the stuff we see here, but you know, just actually in the movie and just looking even better. So I just can't wait till we get that, which I'm hoping is hoping is sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would think, I mean, I think it's got to be in August, right? Like, and I'm trying to remember when all the trailers came out for Rogue One, and I think we went over this before, but it was like trailer in April, behind the scenes reel in July, because that was like Celebration was in July that year in Celebration Europe, and then there's a trailer in August and a trailer in October. Yeah, so I'm right now I'm basing off that they're going to go the same release schedule as Rogue One. And if they are, that means we should be getting one in August, which I hope is accurate. <laughs> I hope so, too. I don't know when it would be. But then again, I mean, you know, with they tend to do weird releases with these things. Like, you know, we're always assuming it's going to be from a convention or with the release of some other Disney or Marvel movie or something like that. But then it's like... Hey, tune into Good Morning America for a new mm-hmm. Rogue One trailer or tune into Monday Night Football for the new Force Awakens trailer. So it could come from anywhere. Yep. You know, last year was the Olympics for Rogue One. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We'll see if there's any big event going on in August that we should keep an eye on and see if it'll be attached with that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think, well, no, it was the, the third Force Awakens trailer, which was like in October. That was the one they showed during Monday Night Football. But I think football season starts in August, so if they wanted to do that again, they could do that in August, too. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be awesome whenever we get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm just glad it's probably, you know, a month away, give or take a few days. Mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, we could just watch this behind-the-scenes video over and over and over again, which I have done quite a few times <laughs> since yeah. they showed it on Saturday. Yeah, man. And look at it. Like, it's, I think it's a testament to just how much cool stuff they had in there that we've talked about The Last Jedi for an hour without mentioning Ray's parents or Snoke at all. I know, yeah. <laughs> or That's the true, identity yeah, was... of Snoke more, you know, rather. I, we mentioned him a couple times, but we haven't really talked about him much because you didn't see any of them in here. Uh, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I'm surprised I didn't have a shot of Andy Serkis in a mocap suit or something like that. But. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we keep hearing rumors that Snoke is a puppet in this movie that like, uh, true too. It might actually yeah. be a, a practical thing. And so I would assume Andy Serkis is still going to at least do the voice, but I don't know how much they're going to, um, you know, how much he'll be involved with it on set, like are they still going to have him be the one playing Snoke, even if it's not a CG character, which is kind of what they brought him in for in the first place? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be mixed. You know, he'll still do some mocap stuff, and then maybe for just a few shots, they're going to have him be a puppet or whatnot. So mm-hmm. I think he's still going to, a good portion anyway, for his time with Snoke's going to be in the mocap suit. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for Andy Serkis because I feel like... And I don't know if I would say that Snoke is like a waste of his his talents, but I feel like just from like the stuff we've heard kind of behind the scenes on The Force Awakens um, of how the process went of creating Snoke and everything, like it seems like they just cast 
him because they knew they wanted Snoke to be a motion capture CGI character. And they're like, okay, so let's just like get the best in the business and go get Andy Serkis. And, but like when they were filming, he still didn't know what Snoke was going to look like because the production team hadn't decided on it yet. And so I feel like he couldn't really sort of really get like nuanced with the performance because he's like, I don't know, what am I doing here? Like, who is this guy? Like, what's he look like? I mean, you, I would think that would kind of be important to know when you're doing a motion capture character, like that would inform your performance a lot. Um, You know, knowing how big or small your character is, you know, how, what do they look like? How, what do they move? Like, you know, what kind of character or creature or species are they? Um, So, I mean, I, I hope he gets kind of more to do with it and uh, to kind of explore it more in episode eight and nine. But then also, like I said, if they're going more physical and practical, then, you know, I don't know how much he's still going to be involved with that. And well, if the plan is eventually, you know, to have a showdown between Snoke and Luke in nine, <laughs> then I think he'll definitely be doing the mocap stuff, which uh, maybe that's the reasoning they knew ahead of time what they eventually wanted to do with Snoke. And then they figured, oh, we got to get, like I said, the best of the business for uh, for that sequence maybe later on down the road. So even though we're not set on the design, we know we got some big stuff for him planned later. So let's get Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure there's definitely going to be some very intriguing stuff with Snoke to come one way or another. Yep. But like you said, this behind the scenes video didn't suffer anything for not having Snoke in it. <laughs> like oh, yeah. Said, no, it definitely didn't it. suffer. It, it distracted us, if nothing else. <laughs> so here's the thing. You remember when we saw like those some early like leaked concept art of Snoke and he was, you know, almost looked like a snake guy or yeah, something. Yeah, or reptile. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't end up being Plagueis, I might be slightly disappointed that they didn't actually go with that. Yeah, I did like that design. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Like, it'd be kind of cool to see a creature like that be kind of like a dark side master looking that way. So. Yeah. Or even, you know, maybe a little more human looking, but still like slightly reptilian. Like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. So he better be Snoke now, so I'm not disappointed. Or Plagueis, I mean. Plagueis, yeah. <laughs> see, see, I think about and talk about the Plagueis theory so much, I confuse those two characters all the time now. Yeah, that hasn't happened to me yet, but <laughs> as much as we talk about it, I'm, I'm sure it will happen at one point until like when, we, when we, we find t- out. Yeah, when we talk about the two in the same conversation, I they just get interchanged in my mind. <laughs> like, did you ever hear the tragedy of... Snoke. Oh, wait. No, no, no. That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were going to talk about it so much that even Palpatine would get confused. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway, I think we've pretty much talked that video to death. But while we're on the subject of The Last Jedi, um, talk about a couple other brief things here before we get to some of the other highlights from D23. Um and let's see, that same day of, you know, that panel and the video and stuff, they also released a bunch of new posters, um, just like single character posters. And it's interesting the style these are done in. I mean, obviously, they've got the Last Jedi logo front and center. Um, and all the characters are wearing red with, like, their faces half cut off by the the framing of the poster. Um, but you see just enough their face that you can tell which character it is. Um, and like you've got Ray, she's wearing, uh, probably that same Jedi cloak that she's wearing from the trailer, just with the hood down. 
Um, and you see her holding the lightsaber. Um, there's one of Finn in the resistance jacket, uh, Poe also in his new resistance jacket. Um, oh man, and check out the collar on that thing too. <laughs> I want that jacket. Um, and then, you know, one of Kylo Ren, uh, without the helmet, sadly. But like I said, I think that's pretty much a given by this point. Um, and then, uh, one of Luke and one of Leia. Um, but you know, so these are pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, definitely like a more kind of artistic style, uh, than we're used to from like official Star Wars stuff, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely, um, I mean, these stand out a lot. They're, they're very like striking and unique. Yeah, they were definitely caught me off guard when I first saw them. We were talking before uh, we recorded how I was even wondering, are these even official? Because I'm seeing them from tweets from different people, not like from official sources. Like, what are these? Or like, he's giving these away at D23. But, you know, then, you know, actors from the Twitter account started revealing them. Like, John Boyega revealed his and Mark Hamill revealed his. They're also being, they're being revealed like at different times, like sporadically, like it wasn't one every few minutes or one every hour even. It was like two an hour, then three hours later you would get another one. It was kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I remember when I first saw them, I, I saw an article on some site and I don't even remember where it was, but um, it was just like the first two or three of them. It was probably like Ray and Finn and, uh, you know, maybe like Kylo Ren Um and maybe Poe or something like that. I don't remember. It's just like the, the first couple or the first few of them. Um, and the site that posted them almost made it sound like they had been leaked or something. And I was like, Oh, are these something that's going to be revealed later? And like, how come there's not one for Luke? And you know, there were like a, a, yeah, a couple major characters that were missing that I was like, okay, these are cool. But like, why isn't there a Luke one or why isn't there somebody else? And then a couple hours later, I checked, you know, probably the thing that you posted. I was like, Oh, there's Luke. I guess they revealed more of them. Yeah, it was just weird how they came out, but even the design of them took me a little bit to get used to because, you know, this doesn't feel like the normal type of poster Star Wars would release. But in the end, I think they're, they look pretty cool. The, the whole aspect of the color scheme being red, I mean, it looks neat, but then it just, you know, makes you wonder. They're really pushing the color red as a theme for this movie. This Even when they revealed the title of The Last Jedi in that first trailer where the Star Wars was in red. And now we got these character posters where everyone's in red. <laughs> but I, the thing I still haven't gotten past yet is why is there top of their face so that it's cropped off? I know it's an artistic choice for these posters, but like, what's the point of that? Why does not have their full faces shown on here? So I still find that to be kind of weird. But other than that, I mean, it's definitely unique. But at the same time, I think it's still pretty cool to have this uh, new style for character posters. And this curious to have about the significance of the color red is it have to do with you know kylo ren's lightsaber or just uh more because you've heard things you know everyone's going to compare it the middle trilogy being like empire but ryan johnson has said you know it's still going to be a fun adventure too so don't necessarily mean or think it's that color red is going to be that it's dark or whatnot but just interesting that they're really pushing that color more than we saw for any star wars movie where you know the color scheme is so dominant on different uh advertisements for it so far so it is mm-hmm. interesting yeah i don't know i mean it might have something to do with the story or whatever um i mean it could be just because it's the dark middle chapter it could be because it deals with the dark side and kylo ren and you know the red lightsaber and all that kind of stuff i mean i really hope it's not saying that like luke's gonna turn to the dark side or anything like that but i don't think that's gonna happen um 
but also, I mean, I think it probably will also be just sort of a, a big, um, my, my art history is failing me. I'm trying to think of like the, the artistic term, but, um, you're going to see a lot of red in the movie, basically like, um, it's going to be like a recurring theme almost, I guess. I mean, if you think about like the planet crate, um, Mm -hmm. and just the, the fact that a lot of the first order stuff is accented with red. And of course, Kylo runs red lightsaber and stuff. So I don't know, it could have something to do with that, or it could be just that they decided they wanted to do something different with the marketing and the logo and stuff for this movie. Um, It'll be interesting to see, like, maybe episode nine will have a blue logo. I don't know. I would love it if it's blue. <laughs> yeah, I would think that's pretty cool. Yeah, the so only other thing I found interesting on these character posters was the one for Luke where he's holding, you know, the iconic Skywalker lightsaber and Ray's holding it, too, in her poster as well. So, um, yeah, but on, she... on Luke's, it looks maybe it's just me, but it looks like it's badly photoshopped. It probably is. It doesn't look like the two halves of that lightsaber line up, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is Photoshop. You know, but again, we did see him hold it in that shot of the behind the scenes footage. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but uh, I just found it interesting that her, both him and Ray would have it in these posters. Yeah, well, I think it's probably because... A, like you said, he, uh, you know, we get that shot where he actually does take it after she hands it to him. Um, and also they're probably just saving that reveal on the green one. Yeah. For all what we just talked about and hope's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. He can't be holding it cause it's still inside R2. Yep. That's why. <laughs> oh man. I hope we're not getting ourselves way too hyped up with this. I'm just coming to the point where it just makes too much sense for it not to happen. Yeah. (laughs) If if he's going to use that lightsaber and they want it to be a cool reveal, that's the way to go. But then again, we heard rumors about the force awakens and we thought, no, it makes too much sense for them to have, you know, like they wouldn't have Luke in the movie for just the last 30 seconds of it. (laughs) And then it ends up being the perfect way to go about it. Or it does make sense (laughs) when we see the force awakens and having that be it. So, yeah, at the same time, too, as much as we're excited about that possibility, kind of trusting the filmmakers, even if they do something different, they're doing it what they feel is best. And hopefully it'll be, you know, something if succeed our expectations for what we're thinking about. So that could be happen, too, if we don't get it. So yeah. It could be something better. Even though what is best is Luke igniting that lightsaber again and kicking some butt and blowing all of our minds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, also it was actually just announced today on the star Wars show. Um, and we've talked before about some leaked images of this and stuff, but they officially revealed for the first time, uh, Kylo Ren's personal tie fighter or tie silencer as it's officially called. Such a cool name. It's such a cool name. Um, to go along with a, a villain that I also think has a really cool name, but probably just because it almost sounds like my name. But um, <laughs> it does have a nice ring to it. Kylo Ren's tie silencer. <sighs> Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo Ren's tie silencer. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> sounds like a no, ship you do not want to mess with. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like we talked about before from some of the, uh, you know, the leaked either concept art or toys or whatever that we had seen before. It looks a lot like a tie interceptor. 
Um, but also kind of like a TIE Interceptor combined with like Darth Vader's TIE Advanced where it's got um, sort of like that longer flat body and then kind of a bigger cockpit in the middle. Um, and actually it's interesting, like the window on the cockpit looks... Uh, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's definitely unique to any TIE fighter we've seen before. Like it's yeah, not definitely. just the regular sort of um, like round uh, octagon shape. It's more almost looks like a, um, I mean, you know, like jewelry sometimes where it's got like the, those like rectangular cut diamonds with, you know, then sort of like the angled edges or whatever. Like it looks like that. It's like rectangular, but then still, and it's still an octagon, I guess. Like it's, eight-sided and everything but i don't know kind of stretched out like different shape than a, a regular tie fighter cockpit and the inside of that but, looks to be the color red also so <laughs> indeed <laughs> yeah it definitely looks cool and you know as you said we saw some leaked toy images and all that stuff of the ship but seeing it actually you know fully unveiled it looks really cool and it fits kylo ren i think and what's also i think something to take note of in the reveal on the Star Wars show, they had, you know, those 360 view of it where it's, you know, spinning around so you can get the full view of all sides and angles of it. But then there's a shot which I think might actually be from the movie where you see it alongside two other TIE fighters and one of the TIE fighters looks to be shooting out, which not normal TIE fighter lasers, but as we were talking about before we recorded, you think it could be a missile, which definitely looks possible. So I think it's cool if it does end up being something from the movie. I think it's cool to pull that. Uh, maybe it's even from an upcoming trailer because again we were talking where they kind of did something similar for Rogue One where they unveiled the U-Wing on the Star Wars show and they showed a quick shot of it taking off which ended up being a shot from the upcoming Rogue One trailer that we got later on so maybe they're doing the same thing for that and it's going back to what we're talking about earlier with the hopefulness of a trailer coming out sooner rather than later so Mm -hmm. it's definitely a cool shot though and looks like uh, Tyler Ren's going to be in that space battle where you know, we got a little glimpse of in the first teaser trailer. So, yeah, all around, it's a pretty cool reveal to get today. Yeah, well, and I think that shot is either from the movie or it's from Battlefront 2. Um, because we do know we're also getting new Battlefront 2 footage revealed next month at Gamescom, and it's going to focus on the space combat. Um, so this could be also maybe a shot from, like, a space gameplay trailer. Because um, I know they've talked about having uh, Kylo Ren's ship in there and, like, the... Uh, the sequel trilogy, like Millennium Falcon skin as like pre-order bonuses and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, it's definitely like a a realistic looking in action kind of shot um, that makes me think it's, uh, you know, not just like a product still or something, but that it's, you know, either from a a game or from the movie. So, Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see this thing in action. And actually the, uh, they've already got, an official page for it on starwars.com on the data bank. Um, and it says just for the description here, uh, it says reminiscent in design of the empire's tie interceptor and Darth Vader's tie advanced Kylo Ren's tie silencer is an angular fighter equipped with a laser cannon and missile launchers. Ren is an expert pilot. Thanks to skills passed down from his father, which he puts to use in exploiting his ship's speed and ferocity. There is no other first order craft like the tie silencer. And it is an effective tool in Ren's mission to destroy the resistance. Uh, no mention of his grandfather passing down those skills from that. <laughs> Oddly enough, no, because you would think, you know, having Han Solo as your father and Anakin Skywalker as your grandfather, you could like jump through light speed through an asteroid field with your eyes closed yeah. and, and come out <laughs> fine. 
who knows maybe that's where how he'll get there <laughs> <laughs> that's how he joins the space battle yeah um so yeah can't wait to see this and uh you know hopefully any other cool new ships that they've uh got in store for us um and then i think the last uh last jedi related stuff uh, we've got to talk about you know we've got an article from uh, making star wars here where they've got some leaked images from i guess an upcoming star wars pinball game um and not like the the digital star wars pinball games that they've been releasing over the last few years but this looks like a um it's not like a big table you'd see in an arcade but probably like a smaller uh you like know, a portable just, pinball machine. yeah exactly like a pinball machine but you could probably buy this at target for like 20 bucks um but it's a star wars themed one and it's got a bunch of characters from the last jedi on it um so this has got some new looks at uh you know ray and r2d2 and kylo ren and luke and uh i guess the most notable thing here because a lot of these characters are ones that we just talked about seeing in that behind the scenes video but uh yet another cool new shot of these praetorian guards and these guys yeah they're looking pretty sweet i think this is probably our best look at them yet mm-hmm. um and, you know, I, I think at first when I first saw like concept sketches of them or whatever, I was like not really digging it. Um, I mean, not that it looked bad or anything, but I was just like, oh, here we go again with the callbacks to the original trilogy. And it just looks like this generation's, you know, version of Royal Guards, uh, you know, with the red armor and stuff. And, oh, yeah, they got armor this time instead of robes. But now that we're actually seeing uh you know, movie, like, photorealistic versions of them. I'm like, okay, yeah, they obviously still kind of harken back to that, but I think if they weren't, like, blood red, I I would not even make that connection at all. Um, You know, I, I think just the kind of the red robes head to toe is, like, the only sort of connection there, but definitely got, like, a medieval armor vibe going on mm-hmm. um, with these weird, like, faceless helmets that look cool, but I mean, you thought Luke couldn't see anything in a stormtrooper helmet. I don't know. Maybe these guys are all just like blind and force sensitive, but, um, and there's like three of them on here and they're all wielding different types of melee weapons. So again, like I said, I think we're going to see a lot of like swords and vibro axes and lightsabers and all that kind of stuff in this movie, but that should be pretty cool to see. Yeah. I'm just loving how so far the three new Star Wars movies we're getting. There's new armor designs that just look awesome and unique for their particular movie. I mean, you got Phasma for episode seven for me and old Kylo Ren out there as being another one too. And then Death Troopers and Rogue One and this one, we're getting the Praetorian Guards in their new armor because they look cool too. I don't think they're quite at the level where I'm going to gush over them like I did Phasma and the Death Troopers, but I just love how so far each movie has their own unique, cool-looking armor for these different characters. This is going to be the last Jedi's and yeah, there's something different. Like you said, I just love the medieval vibe I'm getting from them. And it's cause I just love that whole uh, medieval history and the designs for like a lot of Knights armor and stuff. And even the shot of Kylo Ren on this pinball machine where he's kneeling down with his uh, cross guard lightsaber, almost like a knight bending down. So I just get a medieval vibe from a few different shots on this. But yeah. Although those it's Praetorian funny guards. Yeah. The the first thing I thought of when I saw that shot of Kylo like kneeling and then holding the lightsaber out in front of him, I'm like, well, his arm's going to get tired holding that thing up because it's not like you can just rest it on the floor because it would just sink all the yeah. way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is definitely holding it. 
but again, like I speculated on that behind the scenes video where I just think it'd be awesome if those guards see action against Kylo Ren where, you know, whether it's a training sequence that he's going through that Snoke's um, having him do or, you know, there's a riff or something and Kylo Ren has to, whatever reason, he fights them and takes them down. I think it'd be cool if we see a fight sequence between Kylo Ren and those guards because um, I don't think they're going to be seeing action or battles with the resistance at least this is just my speculation right now because you know they're going to be tied to snoke as his guards and we're at least all stuff we know so far right now doesn't look like snoke's going to be you know going on the front lines and being taken part of these battles uh, that the resistance are going to have so i just see it more playing out where they're going to be interacting with kylo ren whether you know they're training with them or he's going to have to take them down for his purposes or something so i think that could be pretty cool so yeah they look cool and then like so with their weapons, if we see them uh, in a pretty cool action sequences, they could, you know, have their moment in the Star Wars saga. These, you know, cool minded characters that have their moment in the sun for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I do kind of get the feeling these guys might take the place of Phasma in the last movie in terms of just being like, hey, it looks really cool. Oh, they didn't do much. But um, I don't know. Like you said, hopefully they get at least something to do. Um, and I do think it would be cool to, you know, see Kylo Ren fight them. And man, like, I don't think this is going to happen, but to see him like turn on Snoke and maybe, you know, have mm -hmm. to fight these guys to try to get to him, that would be really cool too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not really expecting that from this movie. It would be something new and, and, you know, something I would not see coming. So, um, <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. And speaking of so, we even get a little shot of him in the background from those uh, Praetorian guards where you see his face kind of like in the shadows, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, as if he needed any further, uh, you know, evidence that these guys are going to be his guards. It's like the kind of the base of the pinball machine is like all the other main characters. And then just the top section is just these three Praetorian guards and Snoke. So, um yeah, they are all definitely in league with each other, and they're, you know, his bodyguards or enforcers or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'd definitely be cool to see them on screen in whatever capacity they end up being. Yep. I'm even hoping maybe we get a few quick shots of them in the next trailer. That would be pretty cool. Because I think they're going to look even more awesome when we see them in motion in a trailer and actually in the film. Because, like you said, the more we hear about it and see more of them, the cooler they get. Because, like you said, we weren't kind of blown away of the descriptions of them and then some of the mock-up concept art but you know as we get a little more info on them they're starting to look cooler so <laughs> once we see them actually in the movie that they should probably look even better yeah and this is something i hadn't even considered until now because i guess just because they like don't have any kind of faces on these helmets like i never really thought about like what they would sound like or if they talked or anything like that but if the guys in these helmets do actually have any dialogue they better have freaking cool sounding voices yeah <laughs> or yeah, maybe they could be like you know descendants of the death trooper program where they just have that you know muffled uh, encoder voices <laughs> where you can't <laughs> understand what they're saying that would be fun to have that because then you could just like talk crap about people behind their backs yeah and like they'd have <laughs> or not you know like right in front of them and they'd be like oh they're they're probably just sharing battle tactics <laughs> I, who knows what they're talking about when they were searching for Jin in the beginning of Rogue One? <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey guys, Krennic's feet stink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you believe Krennic's having us do this and like complaining? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man, I left my phone back on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for the uh, last Jedi stuff from you know D twenty three and other sections of the internet. Um, oh boy, here we go. We're like a fourth of the way into this. I don't think we're going to do a six hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to get in depth on everything else as much as we did for that, but you never know where we're going to go with this. This is like our favorite thing to geek out about lately. Battlefront two time. Just when you think D23 couldn't get any better that day. (laughs) I know. Right. Um, so yeah, they also did a, uh, you know, they had a games panel and again, I didn't get to watch this either. So I don't know how much they actually like talked about or, you know, revealed like news wise or anything. Um, I'm assuming there wasn't really any, you know, big breaking news that, you know, I probably would have heard about somewhere else, but they did, uh, share this really cool, um, behind the scenes type video kind of in, you know, a similar kind of style of the, uh, last Jedi behind the scenes reel we just talked about. Um, but this is really going in depth with the story of Battlefront 2. Um, and, you know, obviously we uh, spent a lot of time geeking out about the gameplay footage they showed from E3, and that was all focused on the multiplayer and the Clone Wars era um, and all that kind of stuff, which is still probably the thing I'm most excited about for the game. But the single player story looks like it's going to be really good, too. Um, and I think the thing that's that I'm most excited for that um, and again, you know, the the characters look awesome and, uh, you know, I think, you know, they've got a, an interesting story to tell with this Inferno squad and everything. But just the fact that we're going to be basically getting to follow these guys all the way from Return of the Jedi up till The Force Awakens. Um, like, I'm almost more excited just for the, the background details and like not necessarily what happened specifically to Inferno squad, but what we're going to learn about the rebellion and the empire and everything that went down in those 30 years between, uh, the two movies. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it is going to be, you know, kind of tying into stuff that's already been in like the aftermath novels and stuff like that, but just getting to see it play out on screen and, you know, obviously get to like play through the action of a lot of it. Um, that like, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, and, and never really thought that the first like big, uh, I guess unveiling um, or, you know, kind of blowing the lid off really the the stories in between that time period or certainly the first time we're seeing them on screen. I never thought it would be from a Battlefront game. Um, you know, I thought it'd probably be from like an animated series or a spinoff movie or something like that. So this is going to be like, I don't know, a real treat to get in here. Um, you know, I was talking to you about this before we recorded that, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before too, like, a story campaign wasn't at the top of my wish list for Battlefront 2. And don't get me wrong, I'm glad we're getting one and I'm super excited to play this. But it's not something like it wasn't my biggest complaint with the first game. And not that I had a ton of complaints, but as far as stuff that we wished was in the first Battlefront that wasn't, uh, you know, if if you had left out the single player story and given me clone troopers on Geonosis, I would be a happy camper. And I would still be a happy camper if that was the case in Battlefront 2. Um, but this is just like icing on the cake. And, uh, and this story sounds really cool. Um, and just, you know, having uh, this video here kind of going behind the scenes and... Um, you know, they're interviewing like the developers and the the actors involved in the story and everything. Um, and it's just really cool seeing the way that it's coming together and that this doesn't feel just like a tacked on, like, Oh, okay, here, like we'll give you a single yeah. player campaign. Like this almost feels like it could be its own game. 
Oh, um, totally, yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see how long the campaign is going to be. I don't, I'm sure it'll be, you know, the same length as your average first person shooter. So, um, but yeah, I'm someone who always loved single player campaigns and shooters. Those are the ones I go to more than multiplayer, but Battlefront's a different story, <laughs> especially the last one with the multiplayer getting to play with you and several other friends of ours. So that's what makes the multiplayer probably maybe stand out more than the single player. Battlefront's the exception with that, but at the same time, I'm just so glad they're throwing it in here. Like we said before, when it was first announced and this new trailer that they had for it, you know, really driving home the point of, you know, we're seeing this from the Imperial perspective and a perspective we haven't seen too much of from the Empire, because as they said in this video, they're, they're kind of being uh, shown as the underdogs here now that the Death Star has been uh, destroyed after Endor. So they're kind of in a different uh, scenario where we haven't seen them before, which I think is cool and yeah, Infernal Squad, we get introduced to two new squad members of the team. One being played by, by Paul Blackthorne, who's uh, like Captain Lance from Arrow, which I didn't know was going to be in this game, which is cool, though. He's a good actor on that, so it's cool that he's going to be an Imperial. Mm-hmm. But one thing with these other uh, members of Infernal Squad that I was kind of hoping would be revealed in the trailer that we didn't get was co-op play for the single-player campaign, because I love those uh, for single players when they have co-op. Uh, gameplay on there it's so much fun playing with friends in the story mode so i just think it's the perfect scenario for them to have a co-op mode in the single player campaign because you're playing with a squad and it just makes sense if you could other players you play with could be the other members of that squad so again they could announce it later on i'm not ruling it out but if they don't end up having it in there i think it might be a missed opportunity and again they're giving us so much in this game so i don't want to complain and nitpick too much but i do love me some co-op in the campaign story mode so i'm mm-hmm. still holding out hope for that so because yeah like i said everything looks really good on this between the characters we're getting the scenario of you know the circumstances that the empire is in and just the backstory for some of these characters i think one of the infernal squad members they said where he grew up on Coruscant, so he's like during the time of the, the Jedi, so he's probably someone maybe you might remember the Clone Wars. So all that stuff that we're getting with the background of these characters sound really cool. So um, it just got me more excited for it. I think it's going to be a really, really cool single-player campaign, but yet told in a cool Star Wars story too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, they have announced that there will be some kind of co-op in this game, um, but I don't think they've gone into any specifics about whether it's uh for the campaign or whether it's just for like the skirmish modes and stuff like they had in the first game um but yeah obviously it would make a lot of sense to have that for a story mode that's based around playing as an elite ops you know imperial squad where you've got you know four members you could do four player co-op and have everybody playing as inferno squad that would be pretty awesome now for battlefront 3 i want a single player campaign about you know basically make it republic commando 2 in a battlefront game oh man and yeah, <laughs> like, that yes, would be the please. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, even for this one, I mean, that would be really cool to just be able to, uh, you know, work together and play as the different members of the squad. Um, and yeah, like you said, it was cool to just uh, kind of learn a little bit more about some of the other members um, and see like the actors playing them and stuff. I did know that uh, Paul Blackthorne was going to be playing one of the characters because I think after the, I don't think it was E3. I think it was even back when they revealed the first trailer um at Hmm. celebration like the the reveal trailer um 
maybe I saw on Twitter or something that he announced that he was playing one of the characters. I think he's in the background that asks Aiden, you know, after the Death Star blows up, like, Commando, what do we do now? Um, I must have missed that. And I think he said, like, oh, hey, that was me in the Battlefront 2 trailer. But, man, seeing, like, just some of the gameplay or, like, you know, some of the the in-game footage of, like, the cutscenes and stuff that they showed in here um, of just some of the dialogue between the characters and stuff, I mean, it's crazy how good they can get nowadays with the the graphics and like I mean I guess I didn't realize they do so much motion capture now um with games for you know cutscenes and capturing actors' faces and stuff. I mean having characters in game that look like the actors playing them is nothing new. Um because heck, I mean the first time I remember them doing that a lot, and I'm not saying this was the f- first time anybody ever did it, but I mean the first time that I as a fan was really uh you know, hugely aware of it was like with the Force Awakens, uh, Force Awakens, the Force Unleashed, <laughs> where uh, Star Killer looked like Sam Witwer, um, and I thought that was really cool. But obviously, you know, they've gone from just like scanning people's faces and you know building a model out of it to actually having them act out the scenes on a green screen and just doing motion capture and putting those right into the game as the cutscenes and just seeing because I've watched Arrow so much and like I I just recognize Paul Blackthorne's face you know, from, from seeing him on TV so often, like, uh, seeing just that in-game footage of his Battlefront character, I was like, holy crap, that is, like, uncannily realistic. Um, which, again, you know, shouldn't surprise me nowadays with all the, the next-gen consoles and all this technology that they've got and the, the Xbox Scorpio and uh, PS4 Pro and all that stuff that's coming out nowadays, but still, it's just, you know impressive how lifelike this stuff gets yeah pretty much it's, it's like another movie role for them really <laughs> <They're> <laughs> exactly spending most of their time on the soundstage but when they see the final product about the graphics look it's like they're right there <laughs> they're there on the set yeah um yeah so that was cool to see you know definitely check that out if you haven't seen this video yet and you're interested in the uh the single player story of uh, battlefront 2 um, and then also, um, and this was actually before D23, but they announced the rele- uh, the dates for the multiplayer beta, um, and that is going to be October 6th through the 9th, and if you pre-order the game and get uh, the early access to the beta, that starts on October 4th. So I think October 4th is a Wednesday, and the 6th is a Friday, and then it goes till like that following Monday. Um, so we'll get, you know, a a good weekend to play it plus a few days around there. I still haven't pre-ordered the game yet, but it is on my to-do list. I've just been holding off because I'm probably going to be moving between now and then. And I wasn't sure like, uh, you know, what would be the best place to order it from and, you know, should I get it on Amazon, get it from GameStop, whatever. I think I'm just going to get the digital download version from the Xbox, uh, you know, the Microsoft store, like on the the Xbox one. Um, So that way I can just download it as soon as it's available. I don't have to worry about changing addresses and where they're going to ship it to and all that good stuff. And I'll make sure I get all the pre-order bonuses and all that. So, um, but I can't wait just for the beta and to be able to, to get my hands on it. Uh, They said the, uh, what's going to be included in the beta is basically the same thing that was at E3. Um, It's the um, clones and droids on Naboo um, playing that galactic assault mode. And then uh, there will also be a multiplayer starfighter assault battle. And they haven't, uh, they didn't really go into much detail on that um, as far as what's going to be 
included in the Starfighter Assault. But um, as we said, um, they're going to be revealing a lot more about that at Gamescom. Um, they have said that they're going to be you know, having like a presentation or whatever on Battlefront 2 showing new uh, details and new gameplay footage and stuff, but that a lot of it is going to specifically focus on the Starfighter combat and space battles. So I would assume probably around there, maybe they'll uh, tell us like specifically what's going to be in um, that portion of the beta as well. In fact, I think I'm looking on the... I'm just looking at the press release that's on the Battlefront 2 website right now, and it doesn't say specifically what era it is, but I think I've seen reported on like other gaming sites, they said that it was going, at least for the beta, it was just going to be a uh, like Rebels versus Empire uh, space battle. But I'm sure, like I said, they'll give us more details on like what space map it's going to be and, you know, sort of what all is going to be entailed in Galactic Starfighter Assault, so... Um, can't wait to hear about more, you know, more about that. Um, again, I don't, I should, you know what, I'm going to look that up right now and see when Gamescom is. So we know when yeah, we can look forward to new Battlefront 2 stuff. I'm in the same boat as you as far as needed to pre-order it. <laughs> I kind of pushed it off a little bit, but, um, I usually get my pre-order games through Amazon. Uh, but lately if I don't pre-order it way in advance, cause I do pre-order it like the month the game comes out, but sometimes when I wait that long, I don't get it the day it's released. I get it like a day or two after. So I don't want that to happen with Battlefront 2. <laughs> so I think I might go the same route that you're going to do, getting it digitally on just the Xbox store. And also, too, because that means I can play it like at midnight uh, the day before it comes out, not have to wait for it to be shipped and play it later that night when it's official release. So it could play mm -hmm. it a little earlier. So the only problem is then you got to wait for it to download, and I'm sure it's going to be a big download. But you know, you just got to make sure you're connected to a good internet connection, and hopefully, they'll do the thing you know, the same thing that like GameStop does because we're on the west coast, and if you pre order a game at GameStop, you can pick it up at like you know nine or ten at night because it's the mid midnight released on the east coast so everybody can start playing it together at the same time um so hopefully at least like the night before it comes out we can start downloading it early or something like that yeah that'd be even better <laughs> it's like at nine o'clock or something on our end yeah um and also so i just looked this up so gamescom is uh goes tuesday august 22nd through saturday august 26th oh cool so, so it's next just month. over a month from now so maybe we could be in the same boat as this episode. New Last Jedi trailer and a new info on Battlefront 2 in the same week. <laughs> that would be my favorite week of existence ever. <laughs> like, yes, but it, please, but let's let this happen. Not the same week. It's not the same week. In the same month would be pretty good, too. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, on the one hand, it would be awesome to talk about both of those on the same episode. At the other hand, A, that episode would probably end up being like five hours long. Yeah. <laughs> and B if they want to release the last Jedi trailer earlier in the month, I have absolutely no problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to complain either. Heck drop it tomorrow. I don't care. I won't even be mad that we will have just recorded a new episode and not gotten to talk about it. Oh yeah. We can record a new one right away. So <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, also something I was going to mention too, regarding battlefront two pre-orders, um, for those of you out there who are as excited about the game as we are and are trying to get all these pre-order bonuses and stuff, I just thought I'd bring this up because I kind of found this out through watching some videos on YouTube and stuff where people are giving updates about the game and stuff, and I feel like this hasn't really been made um, 
public knowledge, I guess, um, or, or they haven't been advertising this a lot. But um, I mean, they've talked about how if you pre-order the game, you get early access to the beta. There are kind of um, restrictions on that, I guess, because it's only through certain retailers. Um, and this is kind of hidden on like the terms and condi- or the, the disclaimers section on the Battlefront 2 like pre-order page. And so I'm guessing a lot of people probably haven't seen this. So I'm just going to read this real quick. Um, basically, so, and, you know, so if you're, if you've pre-ordered the game and you're wondering like, oh, how come I didn't get a code for this or that or for the beta or, you know, how do I get access to it? Basically, if you pre-order the game, um, they'll, at a, at a store and it has to be, uh, participating retailers, um, and they've got a list of them here and it depends on, you know, your country, but I guess for the U S the only participating retailers that will give you a code to, uh, get the early access for the beta, as well as, I guess there's also like a, a lightsaber throw master star card for Yoda or something like that. Um, it, you'd have to pre-order through Best Buy, GameStop or Walmart.com. These are, the, those are the only three places at least that they've got listed on here under the participating retailers list, which is also a reason why I'm not buying it from Amazon. Um, cause otherwise I probably would just do that cause I like just getting it shipped to me. And, you know, like you said, you get the discount with Amazon prime on games and stuff like that. But I'm like, well, heck if there's pre-order bonuses and I can get early access to the beta and Amazon, uh, is not listed on the, um, you know, the, uh, included retailers for that, um, then I'm probably going to get it through somewhere else. So Walmart, uh, Best Buy or GameStop, but then also, um, you know, through like origin on the PC or through your digital store on Xbox one or PS4, you can also get it that way. Um, and if you do pre-order it, uh, through one of the stores I was just talking about, um, it said they should email you the code, uh, to like the email address that you use to complete the pre-order. So, um, cause I know in the past, like when I pre-ordered the first battlefront game, um, you know, there was like a code for something on my receipt to like unlock the stuff from the, the deluxe edition or something. So like, if you're looking for that, um, it sounds like you just got to check your email to keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. But also, um, you know, especially if you're looking to pre-order it, like to get the early access to the beta, um, you know, just make sure you, uh, go to one of those specific retailers we just mentioned. Um, and that's why, like I said, I'm thinking for this is probably easiest to just go through, uh, the, the Xbox store for me. Cause I know, um, I was talking about just pre-ordering from the retailers, but if you pre-order the digital copy, um, for Xbox one, it says early access to the beta will be automatically granted to the Xbox live account used to pre-order. Um, and I'm assuming, yeah, same thing goes for the PS4 network account, um, and the same thing will go, uh, same thing goes for the origin on PC as well. So, uh, just a heads up for those of you that, um, are, you know, thinking about pre-ordering the game and may not have been aware of that. Yep. I definitely wasn't aware of that. So <laughs> just another reason to go ahead and just do it digitally through the Xbox store. It seems like the safest bet to get it early and play the beta. Yeah. And it's funny because I've always been kind of a fan of like having physical copies of stuff. Me too. You know, even though yeah. you can always download stuff nowadays. But part of it, like I definitely like having physical copies of movies, not just because I like to feel like I, you know, physically own that thing, but also like if you buy, you know, digital versions of stuff, like digital movies on iTunes and stuff like that, um, even though you can get them in HD nowadays, like it's still not as good quality as like a Blu-ray. 
because um, you don't want to have like massive file sizes. You know, normally when you download a movie on iTunes, it might be like five gigabytes or something like that. And a Blu-ray can hold like 25. And that's a standard Blu-ray. They got bigger ones that can go up to like 50 or whatever. I don't even know what they use for movies. But obviously it's still, you know, it's high def, but the Blu-ray is going to be like way higher quality. Um, sorry, tech nerd talk. But um, like with games, you're getting the same thing either way. Um, it's just going to take a long time to download however big this game is, but it's not like you're getting a less quality version by downloading it as opposed to owning the disc. And then you don't have to worry about ever like breaking or losing the disc or anything like that. Um, and you can just get it right from the comfort of your own home and not have to go wait in line at GameStop at midnight. So, um, I think I might go ahead and try that out for once. Yep. Just make sure you have enough space on either your Xbox hard drive or your external hard drive. I yeah. actually just had to recently get an external hard drive because I use mine all, all up on the Xbox. But Oh, okay. Well, see, I've got a terabyte, uh, you know, uh, just the Xbox with the one terabyte hard drive, and it's only like halfway full right now. Okay, so. yeah. The one I got was the 500 gig. Now oh, my, okay. I got like a four terabyte external hard drive, so I should be good to go. Oh, nice. Yeah, you keep a lot of stuff on that. Um, so anyway, I think that, uh, you know, that's pretty much all we got for now on Battlefront. Um, and like we said, in probably a month or so, we'll have a lot more to talk about that after Gamescom. Um, but for now, let's get to some Star Wars theme park talk. Um, you know, of course, we've heard for a while now that there's going to be this new Star Wars land opening up at Disneyland and Disney World. And uh, they talked a lot about that at D23. Um, and it is now officially kind of... they've pulled back the lid on this i guess uh it's they've revealed the official name for it which is star wars galaxy's edge um and they had a uh like a full scale model of it there that people could look at um and there's this cool video that they've uh, posted online where it's um kind of like a, a fly through of a digital model of it and you can see all the uh you know different areas and stuff and this looks amazing like I guess I didn't, maybe just didn't quite believe it from like the concept art, but this looks so far above and beyond any of the other themed lands that they have at those parks right now. I mean, you know, they've got like Cars Land and, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like some of the other themed ones they have. And obviously, like, typically they've just got like the Fantasyland and Tomorrowland and stuff like that. Um, but they have, you know, a few sections kind of like what they're doing with the Star Wars thing, but where it's, you know, a little section of the park that's themed after a certain movie or something. Um, you know, like I said, with like the Cars Land or whatever. Yeah, Toontown was the first like big expansion during my lifetime that Disneyland had where like they're putting this new area that you've never seen before in there. And that's when that came out, I remember that was a big deal. But man, this is going to be unlike anything, <laughs> any of the parks I've seen before as far as expansion goes. This is a whole new area in the land. Jeez, it's going to be, like you said, incredible to experience. And just seeing that model they had on display there was really cool. Just like you said, giving a great idea what it's going to be like to walk through this new land and experience and seeing these iconic Star Wars ships and even some characters too walking around. It's going to be so neat. I just, it was someone posted a funny tweet where, you know, it was a picture of the scale model. And it goes like, you know, what, what does, what it looks like now, but what it will actually look like later. And they like Photoshopped a bunch of crowd people in there. Yeah. <laughs> and like in the model where like they can't even move. <laughs> like, yep, that's probably going to be accurate. Unfortunately, but, um, 
Man, yeah, it's just crazy, though, because, like, with most of, the, like, the themed lands and stuff they got now, like, you know, Toontown that you were talking about and stuff like that, you're walking through Disneyland, and then you can tell, like, you walk from one normal part of the park, and then you see kind of the scenery changes, and you're like, oh, I think I'm in Toontown now or something, just because... You know, it looks a little different. They got themed, you know, decorations or buildings or whatever that are made to look like a certain thing. But it still looks like you're in Disneyland. This doesn't look anything like Disneyland. Yeah. This looks like you <laughs> walked onto the set of a Star Wars movie. I know. It's <laughs> like you said, and we were talking about this too earlier, where the transition from, you know, where it's going to be, because it's supposed to be like the entrance kind of after Frontierland, like behind Thunder Mountain and like a little bit behind fantasy land. So like, what's the transition going to be to, cause it's going to be pretty abrupt. If you just, you know, walking past Thunder Mountain up, oh, you're in this new star Wars area. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to make it feel like a smooth transition where you're on another planet, which they really want to make you believe that you're on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would almost even be cool if like you had to get into, you know, like a, uh, some kind of little car or something that looks like a spaceship. And then it's like, Oh, okay. We're going to hyperspace. And you, you know, you almost see like a little video, like you're on star tours or something where you like actually see your ship, like going into hyperspace and coming out of hyperspace yeah. and landing on the planet. And then, you know, the car itself would only move like 10 feet as it's moving you to, you know, the entrance of star Wars land, but then you get out and you're like, Oh, I'm here. Um, I mean, or, you know, even do it with, like, a Star Tours bus so you could do a bunch of people at a time. Yeah, this is, like, the one thing where you wish uh, Star Wars had a little something from Star Trek where you just have, like, the transporter room for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could make it an easy transition as simple as that. But, yeah, it's, maybe it's going to be, like, something where you walk into, like, a space station type area is, like, the entrance of it. And as you go through that, there'll be something, like you were mentioning, where, like, you're on a little, like, something to simulate hyperspace and it's like a spacecraft or something to make it look like you're flying to another planet, but you're, you know, just really just walking through this entryway to this new area in the park. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think even that would be cool. Like just having some kind of specific entrance for it. Like, again, I can't see this being something where you're just like walking down the street of frontier land and suddenly you look around. And it's like, Oh, I think I'm in star Wars land now. Like, no, there's going to be some kind of like, big entrance to this thing where it's like you are now entering a galaxy far far away yeah exactly um but yeah i mean i like this looks so good just the the amount of detail in the environments and stuff i mean there's so many just like buildings and things i'm wondering like how many of these are we actually going to be able to go into um you know like how many of these are going to be actual like shops and restaurants and stuff and how much of it is just kind of background scenery mm um that's a good question yeah i don't know but um yeah they they revealed some new details about this like you said they're gonna be you know characters that you'll uh be able to meet and they specifically mentioned like bb8 chewbacca hondo which i love um, <laughs> oh, i was not expecting that but yeah <laughs> we'll take it yeah i wasn't expecting that either but then i mean you think about it Hondo's like a perfect character to have at disneyland mm -hmm, totally um, <laughs> Jim Cummings as his voice. I wonder how much they're going to do that <laughs> where like you could have his like, record his voice, but have it come out of the person who's playing Hondo in the costume. <laughs> so yeah, like, you I gotta don't... have the voice. You just gotta. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they can get somebody who's just like good at doing the voice. Um, I remember like at celebration, the last time we went, there was a guy in a Hondo costume who was talking like Hondo and it just like made my day. 
<laughs> like I went I, up to him. I asked if I could take a picture with him. I was like, hey man, like I love your costume. Like I love Hondo. Hondo's awesome. And he's like, oh yes, everybody loves Hondo. <laughs> I know. I like how they're supposedly going to use him too because during the panel, they had a little concept art showing Hondo. He's supposed to be like the person who like you greet before you go on the Millennium Falcon ride. Like I think it's supposed to be where him and Chewie kind of have an arrangement where uh, he's using the Falcon and using you to use the Falcon to go on a like mission uh, for him. So like Chewie gave him the permission to use the Falcon or something like that. So he's going to be tied into that Falcon ride, which is going to be pretty cool. And man, speaking of that Falcon ride, I mean, when we first heard about it and they said, you know, you're going to be able to ride the Millennium Falcon, that sounded awesome just by itself. But now listen to how they're saying interactive it's going to be and how, you know, it's not just going to be a ride where you're sitting in the seats and flying through it like Star Torch. You're, Several people that you're going to go on the ride with are going to be actually having different jobs to do while you're in the Falcon. They're going to have someone who's going to be the pilot, someone who's going to operate the blasters and the guns, and then another one who's going to operate the, the calculations to jump the light speed. And I just love that idea. I mean, I just can't imagine how fun it's going to be to go like with you and other friends of ours. We get a group going, and we're all on the Falcon with our different jobs to do and to make sure we're on a successful mission that's going to be so much fun but then also too depending how well you fly the falcon is going to affect your experience while you're walking through the galaxy's edge as well because it talked about how if you know you have a successful run the falcon's in good shape when you land you'll be uh, getting some credits which i'm curious to see how that's going to work in the park because it's going to be something like disney money (laughs) yeah i'm like to use that uh, cantina restaurant maybe or something yeah are they going to be like prize tokens like at a arcade or something like that yeah yeah maybe it's something like you can only use at the cantina if you have these specific credits or something so yeah i'm curious how that works but then it also said that you don't do a good job on your mission and you like beat up the falcon it gets banged up uh you could get on like a a wanted list and it says too if you go into the cantina you may run into a, a new bounty hunter named harkos who you know he'll confront you about it so that should be interesting if you do a bad job and then you just go in for a bite to eat or a drink and then you get harassed by a bounty hunter <laughs> like yeah. how are you going to get out of that jam so just cool little stuff like that how not only is a ride but it's going to be interactive and affect your experience throughout the park and so it sounds really really cool but i'm just really excited about doing the Falcon with a bunch of friends and just having different jobs and like working together to make sure you get through that ride and that mission successfully. I think it's going to be so, so cool. I just want to go into the cantina and wait to see Harko start harassing somebody else who did a bad job flying the Falcon. And I'll just walk up and get in between them and go, he doesn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many people will do that. <laughs> probably a lot, but probably not as many as the number of people that are going to get onto the Falcon ride and say, Chewie, we're home. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already, I was just thinking about that as you're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Cause that's going to get cliche so fast. We'll probably hear that as we're waiting to get online. Yeah. <laughs> in line to get or, on the ride. Like, yeah. depending on how many people can get on the ride at once, like, you know, every time you get on there with a group of strangers, like, somebody's going to say it. Mm. Yeah. And we know the line's going to be really long <laughs> when this thing first opens, but just <sighs> yeah. reading the descriptions for how this ride's going to be, I think it's going to be worth whatever the wait's going to be. It just sounds so unique and it's like so much fun. Like they even said, building up, living your own Star Wars adventure and Star Wars dreams. I mean, who, what Star Wars fan has a dreamt about flying in the Millennium Falcon? And not just flying, using the guns, the lightspeed. Oh, it sounds so cool. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I don't know how they're going to manage, like, entrance into this and stuff. And I'm sure it's probably just going to end up being, you know, just a part of the park that anybody can go to. But I almost would prefer if, like, you had to pay, like, an extra, you know, $20 ticket or something like that just to go in Star Wars land and they regulated like how many tickets they sold in a day and capped it, which the downside to that would be you'd end up probably having to wait like months to get in because of how crowded this is going to be. But I'd rather like just get on a waiting list. And I mean, even if there was some way to like sign up for this, like if it, even if it wasn't a paid thing, if it was just like, you know, if you're going to Disneyland, like you got to register for this thing ahead of time. Like I'd rather be on a wait list and have to wait like, six months or a year to get in to then get in and have it be hassle-free and have like a manageable sized crowd where I can just like enjoy the experience then have to try to get in there with everybody else on day one and be like well I'm you know just waddling through this crowd you know pressed in with like a million other people in here trying to see this thing you know what part of me right now says yeah that could you know might be best to get a, like the best experience possible but when it opens and like you're waiting a few months and you're seeing how awesome it is for everybody who has been <laughs> on it and experienced it, you're going to want to go there right away to, you know, experience it for yourself. So I wonder if that was a scenario they thought of, but, you know, just realizing that that's going to be hard to do as well. So they'll just have to wait to see how they're going to manage the, you know, eventful crowd that's going to be there, you know, right when it opens. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's probably something they have thought of and maybe even something that they're going to do. Like they haven't announced anything about it yet, but just the fact that they're doing something on this scale, that's like this detailed and immersive. Like, I don't think they've done, you know, anything close to this before. Um, Aside from, you know, maybe like the avatar land that just opened up at Disney world, but I haven't seen that for myself yet. I really want to, but I haven't, you know, obviously had the chance to fly across the country from Arizona to Florida yet this summer. So um, I don't know when I'll be able to check that out. But um, and I don't know how sort of exclusive or like closed off that is um, as far as like being a, a separate part of the park or whether it's just kind of like a, an area of it that you can kind of just wander into. Um, but I... I wouldn't be, I mean, I guess I wouldn't really be surprised either way because you would kind of just expect it to be like a, a just another normal area of Disneyland that you can just walk into if you're visiting the park. But I also wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of different way of just regulating like the number of people going into this one. Yeah, I should also mention too that even though they still didn't have a firm date for 2019, they did say that the one in Disneyland is going to open first before the one in Disney World. So they didn't say like how long of a gap it's going to be, but... Uh, Disneyland's going to get it first, and I'm, maybe they're going to have that be kind of like the testing ground for it to see how it does, and I don't know maybe if they have to make any changes for it for Disney World. So, but I'm not going to complain being you know 20 minutes away from Disneyland, knowing that we're going to get it first. So I think that's cool. Yeah, it's weird talking about this now. We got to get used to calling it Galaxy's Edge, which I think is a cool name, but it's just like once we get into the discussion, I'm just so used to calling it Star Wars Land. I know, right? <laughs> Even though Galaxy's Edge, I think sounds cooler, but. Um, yeah, man, just, I mean, this is still two years away, so it's not like we got to be on the edge of our seats anticipating, you know, oh, when, you know, let's hurry up and get there already. But, um, yeah, I, I cannot wait to experience this when it comes out. I mean, and plus we talked about the Millennium Falcon ride. We didn't even talk about the other ride, yeah. which is, um, <laughs> 
you know, a ride where you're inside the hangar of a first order star destroyer. And they said that, um, it's an attraction built on a scale we've never done before. So I don't know if that means, you know, scale in terms of like the action, if you're going to end up being like in a battle with the resistance and stuff, or if it's just, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of action on it regardless, but, um, are they talking about the scale of the action? Are they talking about scale just in terms of the sheer size of the ride? Are you going to be going like all throughout the whole interior of a star destroyer, like maybe starting in the hangar, but then you're going down corridors and ending up in the engine room and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, having shootouts in the detention bay and, you know, um, I mean, that sounds pretty exciting too. Um, so man, just as we've said, you know, as is the unofficial motto on this show, (laughs) it's a great time to be a star Wars fan. Yep. And it'll be even better in 2019. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're actually doing all this awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we talked about the rides, uh, and I think we—I didn't even get to this when I was talking about the characters because I just stopped at Hondo. But also, the original Captain Rex from Star Tours will be the DJ at the uh, <laughs> the cantina in uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, yeah, which is cool. And then also, like while you're at the cantina, they'll have Star Wars themed food and drinks, including blue milk. So. Um, Man, you gotta have I just the blue milk and Jawa juice. <laughs> yeah, like I'm excited for the rides, but I think I'm more excited just to be there and be just immersed in the just sort of the whole Star Wars atmosphere of all of it. You know, to sit down and eat lunch at a cantina that feels like the Moss Eisley Cantina. Um and, you know, even though they're going to have DJ Captain Rex in there, hopefully we'll also have some, uh, you know, maybe some guest appearances by some famous alien bands or something like that. Um, Man, but yeah, I, I just can't wait to experience the whole thing top to bottom. I know, man. I'm sure we're going to be able to spend the whole day at Disneyland just in that Galaxy's Edge portion. <laughs> you can just lose yourself in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like... The, when that opens, I'm going there just for that, and yeah. like forget the rest of the park. Well, maybe a few runs on Star Tours. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we've done that so many times by now. Like, well, we'll have new stuff for episode eight. Maybe by then, episode nine too. So yeah, that's know. true. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying I have no interest in you know going to the rest of the park, and not that there isn't fun stuff to do there. But like, if you're taking you know like a several day long vacation to Disneyland or Disney world. Like I know I for one would probably just devote a, you know, one entire day to being at star Wars galaxy's edge. Yeah. But you know, it'd be awesome, Kyle, if you know, you were making a family trip to Disney world. If there was only a hotel that was like star Wars, that could really be immersed into that universe for your whole vacation. If only that were possible. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that Tim, because (laughs) soon there will be. Um, gosh, I sound like a Disney travel salesman, (laughs) but, um, they, yeah, I mean, and this was a cool announcement that I was not expecting, but not only are they in, are they building a star Wars themed section of the park? Um, unfortunately this is only at Disney world. So, uh, you know, we'll have to travel a ways to get there for those of us over here closer to Disneyland. But, um, yeah, they are opening a star Wars themed Disney world uh, resort and hotel as well. Um, I don't think they didn't give like a date for this, did they? No, they didn't. Not yet. Um, But I would assume it would probably be around the time the park opens. 
um, or, you know, the, the galaxy's edge. Um, I mean, I know they've been working on the theme park portion of it longer, but I mean, two years doesn't seem like too long of a time to build a hotel, does it? I don't know. I don't know much about construction and architecture and stuff, but anyway, I mean, I, this almost sounds as exciting as the park itself, mm-hmm. maybe yep. even more exciting. <laughs> I mean, there's no rides or anything, but it, it sounds like it would probably be even more just sort of like immersive and feeling like you're there because when you're in your own hotel room, there's no crowd of 50,000 people around you all trying to get in line for the same ride you are. Um, and this is not just like a Star Wars themed hotel where like they play Star Wars music and have Star Wars wallpaper in the rooms and Star Wars <laughs> characters in the lobby. No, this is like full on like you're going to be living as if, Star Wars, as if you were staying in the Star Wars universe, like at a hotel on Coruscant or something. I mean, the just the concept art they've got here. I mean, it looks amazing. It looks like concept art from like a Star Wars video game or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I and there's there's one shot of like a family staying in a room that does kind of look. I mean, this looks more Disney theme parkish. It's got like a, a dad it's and a the daughter. BB-8 room. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of BB-8 themed. The light on the ceiling looks like BB-8. Um, and there's like uh, you know the the dad and the daughter are like looking at a window that's looking out into space and the mom and the son are maybe looking at a computer terminal or something like that but even like the look of the beds i mean it looks like a cabin on a ship yeah though because you got the main bed out there but then you got like these two bunkers i suppose like the bunk beds that are the compartments like in the falcon where you see chewy laying on when finn's trying to patch him up yeah so, like you said just bunks on a ship i think that looks awesome yeah and then they've got another piece of concept art that looks like you know maybe like a lounge or bar area or something and again this is the one that i'm talking about looks like something out of like a video game or concept art from like an unused clone wars episode or something like that where i mean it, it looks like just like a, a lounge area like on a space station like there's views of like the stars out all the windows there's droids in here there's big like holographic displays in the ceiling and i mean this is just like gonna be incredible i know the part i really loved is how they said every window you look out is going to be of space i mean they're not cheapening the illusion of knowing that you're in a galaxy far far away i just love that i mean how cool does it be in that concept like where you're in your own room you see space and you're looking down on a planet and you know they're going to make it look as realistic as possible so it's just going to be a cool atmosphere to be around in and then just walking around the resort like they said it they're making it feel like you're going to be in the Star Wars space station. I mean, there's people, aliens, droids, and they even going to provide you with like specific Star Wars type clothes for your stay. So you can truly, you know, feel like you're living in the galaxy far, far away. I mean, that's, that's going to another level. I think it's going to be really cool. So I'm sure they're going to have other plenty of activities can do while you're at that hotel that is going to be Star Wars related to. So, man, I just can't imagine, like we said, the vacation, uh, people can start planning just to be, you know, it's going to be, you're going to be living Star Wars. You stay at the Star Wars hotel, you go into Galaxy's Edge, you go back to your Star Wars hotel. I mean, you're going to be living Star Wars. I mean, <laughs> dude, I want to, I want a week long vacation of just staying, in, is staying in this hotel. 
Like I know, like I get the feeling, and especially like you're saying, if they really create this illusion of like living in the Star Wars universe and you know feeling like you're on a, a station out in space or something, like I wouldn't want to leave. I know. I said that's going to be the worst part about this hotel. You're like, once you're there, how are you going to leave that? Like, how are you going to want to leave? Yeah, like. I mean, and, and here's like I'll I'll read this uh, excerpt from the Disney Parks blog where uh, they've got a quote from uh, Bob Chapek, who's the uh, chairman of the you know, Disney Parks and Resorts, um, and just his description of it. He says it's unlike anything that exists today. From the second you arrive, you will become a part of the Star Wars story. You'll immediately become a citizen of the galaxy and experience all that entails, including dressing up in the proper attire. Once you leave Earth, you will discover a starship alive with characters, stories, and adventures that un- that unfold all around you. It is 100% immersive, and the story will touch every single minute of your day, and it will culminate in a unique journey for every person who visits. I'm like, that right there? Like, I want to live there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me, too, I wonder if they're going to have something. We know how they have those like murder mystery hotel weekends where people stay, and they make it a game out of it. Like, yeah, some type of aspect like that where you get involved in a story that, you know, you're going to have to be involved into. So I, that's kind of my picture when they said, you know, the stories and characters that are going to unfold all around you. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> how could you not want to live there at Star Wars Band probably when you step foot on uh, this resort? Yeah, yeah and basically imagine. the idea that, like, this hotel is like a, a, you know, maybe like a luxury star cruiser or something. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I I I would want to go back here over and over again. Although I'm sure it's probably going to be pretty costly, but this is Ooh, definitely yeah. <laughs> one of those things. See, and I, I mean, obviously, like I'll have to wait and see how it looks and everything. Like once it actually is completed. Um, but here's the thing with Disney, and especially when it comes to their uh, you know theme parks and resorts and stuff, like. They go all out on that stuff. Um, and if they say they're going to deliver on, you know, like an immersive experience, like, you know, I don't doubt that. I don't know that it's necessarily going to make you feel 100% like you're definitely living in the Star Wars galaxy. But it is probably going to be one of the most immersive Star Wars experiences you can ever have at this point. Um yeah, yeah that that is until <laughs> yeah that is until some crazy like Star Wars virtual reality game comes along, um, where you can just play like an MMO like the Old Republic, but just live in it or something yeah. like that. Um, but it's funny when you're talking about the price because yeah, I'm sure it's going to be pretty expensive. I think I even seen some tweets from people like it might be somewhere between like six hundred, seven hundred a night for some. <sighs> Something like that. I mean, nothing's confirmed yet, but it just made me think of that scene in the Jurassic Park where uh, the lawyer Gennaro is talking about, hey, we could charge $10,000 and people will pay it. (laughs) Like, no, everyone deserves the right to enjoy these animals. Like, okay, we could have a coupon day or something. (laughs) I could just picture that conversation going on between some Disney execs about this hotel as Mm. far as what the charge for it. Sped, no expense. Yep. <laughs> um, but this is definitely one of those things that even if the price on it was like super high, I wouldn't be like, oh, oh, well, guess I'll never be able to afford that. I'd be like, well, guess I better start saving up now. Exactly, yeah. And even if I don't get to stay there till I'm like 40, it's going to happen one day. Yep. <laughs> so good thing they announced it now so everyone can start saving. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, man, just, and like I said, no, uh, date announced yet on when that's going to be opening. Um, but you know, I'm sure there's probably a ways off at least, you know, probably 2019. Like I would think they would probably aim to have this done around the same time that galaxy's edge opens. Um, but could take even longer than that. Like I said, I have no idea how long it typically takes to build a Disney world hotel. So, um, but I don't know, we'll just have to wait and see, and I'm sure we'll get uh, more details on that in the in the future as things progress. So, um, yeah, just hopefully someday we'll get to stay there, and it's as awesome as we hope. Yep. Um, all right, so I think that's pretty much everything from D23, you know, all the big news. Um, but we do still have a few other things to talk about. Um so let's kind of back up to the movie stuff we talked about the last jedi uh but we've got some new leaked set photos from the han solo movie as well um leaked photos and then also uh ron howard has just been like on a social media frenzy lately yeah you know (laughs) tweeting out pictures and stuff and obviously nothing spoilery or anything but it's really cool to just kind of get a little behind the scenes look from him and he just tweeted a picture today of uh I mean, it looks like just some giant projector screen that they're filming against to like make it look like, uh, you know, characters are going through hyperspace. Um, and he just said, hyperspace is real. My first experience. Wow. And like, it's kind of hard to tell what's going on here, but you can obviously see there's some kind of giant projector screen in whatever studio they're filming in, um, with, you know, the streaking stars going by. Um, but the big stuff is what they're looking at at the monitors though, where, we not today is another shot of it, but the day before he tweeted out an image where he's looking at the monitor, and we get our first look at Donald Glover as Lando. Which oh yeah, he's in the Falcon. So. Well, yeah, and uh, you actually kind of get a better look at it from this one. I didn't even mm-hmm. catch that. Yep. Yeah, I mean he's in the driver's seat in the Falcon too. So, I mean, this is one of those things that got me excited about this movie in the first place when we found out Lando's going to be in it. Where it looks like he's going to have the Falcon first, and we're going to see. Han Solo win it from him so mm-hmm. it's gonna be so cool to see that and just to get our first look I mean it's not the best look of Donald Glover yet as Lando since you kind of have to zoom in to see him but he's definitely like it feels like Lando but it's a different type because he still has that he, he doesn't have you know the blue cape or like a bright blue outfit but he's just wearing yellow but it still has that Lando feel to it where it does feel like a wardrobe he would wear at a younger age so and, yeah even though, like I said, it's not the best look at him, but you still get that Lando feel from him already, even just from these uh, monitor shots of him in the Falcon. But it just looks so cool to see him in the Falcon. Yeah, that is... I'm glad you pointed that out, because I would not have caught that at all on this hyperspace shot, unless I like clicked on it and blew it up all big, and it's like, oh yeah, you can see him like right there. <laughs> Which kind of makes me think, um, or at least wonder why D23 where I was kind of, they nothing from the Han Solo movie was revealed during any of the panels or uh, that they had there. But kind of like what they did with Rogue One where they released the first picture of, you know, the cast in costume. I kind of thought maybe we would have got something like that for the Han Solo movie. And especially looking at these images with uh, Ron Howard's tweeting out with uh, Donald Glover as Lando, it seems like something they'd, Tweet, tweet out after it's been officially revealed. I mean, I'm not complaining that he did. I mean, it's awesome that we're getting this sneak peek, but I would have thought they maybe would have had the first, like, 
official look with Lando and amongst some of the other cast members and just like one image at D23. But mm-hmm. they decided not to. But yeah, like I said, I'm not going to complain about getting these little sneak peeks on a daily basis from Ron Howard. It's been awesome that he's doing this all week. I like how it's kind of progressed into, you know, just stuff that, you know, uh, taking a photo of some water bottles on the set of the floor or like a wardrobe with some costumes in there. But slowly with every new tweet or Instagram post, he uh, takes from the set, it gets bigger and better. Like we're actually seeing characters now in uh, effect shots from the set and uh, Chew, the actor playing Chewie in costume. So mm-hmm. cool stuff like that. I mean, it's been awesome to get all this stuff. And going back to that one with Chewie, uh, that's another one where if you zoom in, it reveals what could be a really cool sequence, I think, where um, it looks like he's embracing or putting his head against another Wookiee, which I'm going to assume is probably his wife. And I can just picture this being that moment where he's telling her, I got to leave and fulfill my life debt to Han Solo. Like this could be his goodbye moment to his family for a long time. And I think that could be something really special to see too. Gosh, I clearly need to pay more attention to (laughs) the background stuff in these shots. Um, Ron Howard's delivering the goods. (laughs) The only thing that's weird is, I mean, yeah, that definitely looks like the head of a Wookiee, but then it also looks like a sleeve. Uh, it could, you know, just could be part of the arm. But it's like way lighter than the rest of it. Well, like I said, it could be like I'm thinking maybe it's his wife or one some other family member that he's saying goodbye to. They could have, you know, look a little different, have a different uh, color tone to their fur. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not saying it's just like a lighter colored Wookiee, but like the the arm is so much lighter than the face of that same Wookiee. To the point it almost looks like they're wearing a jacket or something. But I don't know. It's obviously hard to make out in, you know, just on this monitor way in the background of the shot. But yeah. <laughs> that is a good catch, though, because, yeah, the face definitely looks like a Wookiee or at least some kind of alien. But the fact that, like, obviously Chewbacca is on set right there looking at it. So it's probably something Wookiee related. Yep. And, yeah, this is. I've said this millions of times before we're talking about this Han Solo movie, but this is what I'm talking about where I think, you know, everyone's asking, why do we need a Han Solo movie or what's the point of it? This stuff is getting moments like this from Chewie. If we get more backstory with him and his family, what Star Wars fan wouldn't want to see that. And then getting uh-huh. seen the early days of Lando. And like I said, him owning the Falcon, we've seen him fly the Falcon before in Return of the Jedi, but knowing that it's actually his and, seeing Han take it from him, that's going to be awesome to see. So Yeah, and I think there are going to be probably some cool new surprises in here that people aren't expecting that, you know, after the fact, you'll go, oh, why did we need a Han Solo movie? That's why. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. kind of just like with Rogue One. I mean, I was never, like, super excited about the concept of that movie from the outset as far as, like, oh, the story of the rebels who stole the plans for the Death Star. Well, like, we already know that they get them and that the Death Star blows up. Like, why is how they got the plans, like, all that important? Um, And not that I had, like, a negative reaction to it or anything, but I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, that's cool, I guess. Um, But the... And obviously, I was still expecting the movie to be good and, you know, hopefully get, like, some really cool battles and stuff like that. But the actual story was more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, the fact that Galen Erso actually made the exhaust port in the Death Star a weakness, like on purpose, 
I was like, oh, okay, that never bothered me. But hey, they fixed the plot hole for all the people that were like, why did they leave an exhaust port on a massive space, space station that would obviously need somewhere to vent its exhaust? And they're like, okay, well, fine. We'll explain that even further and say that he intentionally sabotaged it. And it's like, this made even more sense than I thought it was going to. <laughs> and Death Troopers, I mean, come on. The biggest reason for Rogue One existing. We got the one of the coolest armor to ever exist in the Star Wars galaxy. So there you go. Yeah, so just, you know, all that kind of stuff that we'll hopefully be able to look back on after the fact with the Han Solo movie and be like, oh, yeah, we didn't know why we needed a Han Solo movie. Now we know. Yep. And then just real quick on those uh, leak shots that came out from TMZ, we kind of get it, uh, our first look at uh, Woody Harrelson's character uh, in costume. And there's another character. I can't sure if it's Amelia Clark or not. It could be her because it, it kind of looks like her to me. I mean, it's hard yeah. to tell because you can kind of only see her from the side, but I exactly. I think that's a good bet. Yeah, then we get uh, shots of Alden Ehrenreich's Han standing next to Chewie in a different outfit than what we saw in those previous set photos. But I like the area that they're in. It looks cool. And they also had a quick video of the set that they're on. And it's almost like a museum holding different artifacts and uh, almost like animal skins on there. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that was that level in the Force uh, Unleashed where there's that museum, or I think it's on Kashyyyk where he goes, where that guy's had all those different artifacts and he has like a Tauntaun head and the Gorax from the Ewok Adventures movie on there. If we can get us something like that in the Han Solo movie where there's these little Easter eggs from other Star Wars movies or like or Clone Wars or something like that, there's other aspects of Star Wars in this scene where you're seeing them as like artifacts and collectibles. I think that could be pretty cool. Oh, you know, I think I know what you're talking about, but I think that was in The Force Unleashed 2. Was it? It might I have been. I think so, yeah. I'm trying to Maybe, remember. Okay. The, oh, yeah, yeah. It was on Cato Neomoidia. And there was some guy that you fight. He's the same guy that releases okay. the uh, the Gorog, the big like gorilla okay. thing that you have That's to fight. Right. Um, yeah, because I was like, oh, I could picture that, like fighting, you know, fighting stormtroopers and stuff in some kind of museum looking thing. Um, gosh, it's been so long since I played that game. That game was like criminally short. Oh, don't get me started on that, <laughs> especially the Dagobah level. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm just talking about the, the story in general. Like, I know. Like I mean, that game hours? took like four, four or five hours to beat. And it wasn't even that bad either. I mean, like, I just liked the, the cinematic presentation of the game. And oh, yeah. It felt like a good Star Wars story. But then when it ended, it was like, that was it? The graphics were awesome. And then the other thing, too, where the Wii version of it had an extra level where you got to fight Boba Fett as a boss that we only got one cutscene of him in the Xbox 360 version. It was like, why on the system that has the terrible graphics gets the extra level with Boba Fett? In it? Right. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, we we can go on another tangent on (laughs) Force Unleashed 2 and how disappointed it was as far as length. Yeah. (laughs) Battlefront 3 got canceled and the Force Unleashed 2 still got to come out. (laughs) You canceled the wrong game. Well, we know why, because it was so quick probably to do (laughs) since it was so short. Mm -hmm. It was to get it out a lot sooner. Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely a case of like you know, not planned to be a series or anything, but it was like, hey, the first game made some money. Let's crank out a sequel. (laughs) Camino looked awesome, though. Yeah, I mean, especially when, you know, spoiler alert, the main character dies at the end of the first game. And then they're like, 
what do we do? <laughs> we'll clone him. <laughs> Let's bring him back as a clone. But you're not to be able to clone Jedi. Of and then, course, and then <laughs> try to make it ambiguous and think maybe he's not a clone and then get to the end of the game and find out, no, he's a clone. <laughs> and Darth Vader gets captured in one of the endings. How is he going to get out of that? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that was like the main ending of the game or, you know, the, the light side ending, which I guess I always sort of assumed was canon was like, yeah, they capture Vader, take off with him. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Cut to credits. And then <laughs> wait for Force Unleashed 3, which never happened. And now you'll never find out. <laughs> nope. But see, that's one of those things that I'm glad is Legends canon. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, the stuff we've gotten so far anyway in that time frame has been much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I didn't like the Twilight character of, of the Princess. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, not that I didn't like the character of Starkiller, but even the the formation of the Rebel Alliance, the fact that, you know, in the first Force Unleashed game, you basically kind of get the idea that Bail Organa and everybody has still kind of been just living in fear of the empire for the past like 18 years and like wanting to do something about it and maybe doing a little bit here and there, but there was still not really any rebel Alliance until star killer, like kind of rallied them all together, which was basically Vader and the emperor's plan to gather up all their enemies in one place and crush them. And then it ended up becoming like this powerful, you know, movement that actually was able to fight back against them. And I was like, yeah, but they shouldn't have just been sitting around doing nothing for that long. Like, it kind of takes away from their characters. So I like the version we got in Rogue One and Rebels a whole lot better. And, yeah, like you said, Twilight of the Apprentice. Like, that, you know, pretty much stands above everything. Aside from yeah. Rogue One. I'm like, yeah, Twilight of the Apprentice is the best Vader stuff we've gotten since the original trilogy. Except for Rogue One. You know what, I think it's debatable actually because that stuff we got in twilight of the princess not just from an action standpoint even from an emotional standpoint from his relationship with ahsoka and when she tears up that part of his mask and you see anakin and he says ahsoka i still get chills when I okay see that, so. fine tim go and <laughs> kick me in the feels why don't you <laughs> like i said it's debatable you could i don't think there's a wrong answer but i don't think one stands above the other clearly yeah i was just thinking of the you know the vader scene at the end of rogue one <laughs> Uh, anyway, so back good. to the Han Solo as leaked images. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do, wow. How the heck? Well, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> cool looking images here. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I like the, you know, the look of whatever this place is that they're inside. Um, cool looking little museum or vault kind of thing or whatever. And then, um, yeah, you get the one picture where it's uh, just Han and... Um, shoot, what's Woody Harrelson's guy's name again? I know, I know it's revealed, I'm blanking on it right Yeah, now. I think it was even, I thought it was in this article, but maybe not. I know, probably got listeners screaming at us, like, how can you, your Star Wars fans, you can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, Beckett, that's what it is. It is in the article. I'm okay. like, skimming over it, I'm like, oh, where was it? I know I just saw this. Um, yeah, so Han and Beckett and then this female character that, you know, again, I'm going to operate on the assumption right now that this is Amelia Clark's character, um, but it could be somebody else. But, you know, just kind of standing in the middle of this room and then there's another shot where it's um, Han and Beckett and Chewie and you can't see if there's like another character kind of standing in the front 
and I can't tell if uh, the other female character from the other shot like might be behind that character or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're coming up into this room or descending down to a different level or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Always cool to see what's going on behind the scenes of new Star Wars movies. Yep. And I, you know, I like the look of the set and the costumes and stuff in here. So whether it's leaked or tweeted out by Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I will say even just the the images and stuff we've been getting lately, whether it's from Ron Howard or whether it's leaked stuff, is getting me more excited than even just, you know, some of like those early leaked shots that we saw of just like speeders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that stuff was cool. But seeing, you know, all these characters in costume inside Star Wars looking locations or seeing, you know, Lando in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, that's the kind of stuff that makes me go, oh, okay, now we're talking Star Wars. Yep. Totally agree. And yeah, it's going to be even better when they officially decide to release official stuff from this, whether it's images or a trailer, which I assume we should probably get by November or sometime. Yeah, it's just like we're less than a year away now from the expected release date of the movie, so clock's ticking. I mean, even more than anything, I'm just like, do they have a title yet? I know. Can they at least give that to us first? <laughs> yeah. But man, it should definitely be an exciting next few months of both releases and announcements, because obviously we've got Battlefront 2 coming out and then The Last Jedi. But then we also should be getting, you know, the title and probably first trailer sometime in that span for the Han Solo movie, but also probably some kind of announcement about what the next uh, Star Wars story film oh, is going to be too. because yeah. they supposedly were going to be deciding on that over the summer. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to hear about that too. It should be a great fall slash winter. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention Rebels season four, which I forgot <laughs> yeah, about because we haven't <laughs> gotten an annou- a, a release date for that yet. But um, man, can't wait to see that when it comes out. And speaking of Rebels and animated shows, let's jump right into the last big thing we've got to cover on this episode, and that is Star Wars Forces of Destiny, which uh, recently released its first eight episodes. And apparently, I think there's still like eight more episodes that are going to be released maybe later in the summer. Um, it is at the fall, actually. Oh, did it? I thought it was yeah. August, but I could be wrong. Um but anyway, uh, well, based on the first batch of, you know, the, the first eight episodes, Tim, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought they were great for what they were setting out to do. Nice, short Star Wars stories on a daily basis. I can't say how cool that was to get <laughs> during that week. Uh, you know, waking up every day knowing you're going to get some new Star Wars content. So, yeah, it reminded me of the Clone Wars micro series back in, you know, 2003. Uh, just, you know, how cool that was getting Star Wars animation for the first time. At least for me, I know there was the droids and Ewok shows, but um, those were like, I was about a little too young to remember seeing those on air. So back in 2003, getting those Clone Wars shows is really cool. And this reminded me of that, getting new stories with cool characters that are in canon. Yeah, I thought they were, for the most part, all of them were great. Some were better than others. I have like minor complaints and nitpicks just from a fan perspective, but I thought they did a good job, especially the ones for... what we got with ray just filling in those small gaps of you know what happens after her bb8 make that walk home and then you know we find out they have an interaction with that creature that 
popped his head up in the beginning of the Force Awakens, but in the shorts we find out he's this you know this gigantic mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, desert creature who eats you know metal and droids and junk parts like that. So that was cool to get that reveal. And then this even on their uh, way to Nima Outpost, uh, we see they encountered more uh, Tito and his gang. So I just like how it adds a little more to the relationship that Ray and BB-8 had. And you kind of appreciate the closeness that they had even at the beginning of the movie when you're watching it and how she was so hesitant to sell him uh, to Uncar Plot. So it just fills in those little gaps, which I thought were nice. And then, you know, with the other characters too, seeing Ahsoka in the Clone Wars era was great as well. That was one of my favorite episodes, the one, uh, I think it was called The Padawan's Way, or I might be getting it mixed up, but I don't know where Padawan was in there. But yeah, I'm, seeing her, I'm going and looking them all up right now. Yeah, seeing her trying to, you know, make that uh, ceremony with Anakin and Yoda, but yet she takes time to help out uh, uh, these uh, citizens on, on Coruscant, with his mother and her uh, daughter from this renegade droid. She takes them out, and then, you know, that was cool. And then seeing Yoda appreciate, even though Anakin was kind of a little annoyed, like, how could you be late for this? But Yoda knows what she did to help others in need, which was cool. And, you know, just hearing... Ashley Eckstein and Matt Lanter and uh, Tom Kane together voicing Anakin, Yoda, and Ahsoka, which is great. Even though Anakin looked a little strange with his uh, design, his look looked kind of funny. Understatement but... <laughs> of the century. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder, like, why they decided, okay, that's the way to go or the final design uh... to go with. So. <laughs> and I yeah. Think, you know, Matt Lanter as the voice, that probably would have been even more distracting, but it was just good to have him back as Anakin. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll say in in general, I liked the show. I I wasn't, um, or you know, at least what we've gotten so far, I wasn't like totally blown away by it. Like you said, I, it, for me, it's been a little up and down. Like there were some that I've really liked. Um, there were some that I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, and there were some that I was like, I don't know, could kind of take it or leave it. I mean, there weren't any that I had like a negative reaction to or anything. Um, just I thought some were more exciting or interesting than others. Um, yeah, I think my biggest gripe was Anakin in that one episode. I mean, and like you said, I love hearing Ashley Eckstein and Matt Lanter and Tom Kane together again. And I could just close my eyes and picture this as a nice Clone Wars story. But then you see Anakin and I'm like, look, it's cool that they're making a, a series that's, you know, highlighting the female characters of the saga. But that doesn't mean you have to make Anakin look like one. <laughs> I mean, what's with the Angelina Jolie lips? Come on, guys, really? <laughs> oh man, it should be called Anakin's bad hair day, <laughs> fake lips. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was probably my biggest gripe. I think my, you know, my favorite episode of it might have been the uh, the BB-8 Bandits, which was the second one with Ray, um, mm. and it was a little more action packed, but then also kind of tied back into that first one where. Um, yeah, like you said, they, they run into Tito and his gang. Um, and then, you know, as they're getting chased on speeders and stuff, she lures them back to where that creature that they were out running in the first episode was. Um, and so it was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, even though these are kind of little one-off shorts, like there was some kind of, you know, continuity between them. And I liked, you know, kind of seeing that tie back into the first one and, you know, her kind of being clever like that. Um, and of course, you know, you mentioned the Clone Wars micro series. I always like, you know, especially with these 2D animated shorts, I'm like, yeah, give me as much jam-packed action stuff in those two minutes as you can. And obviously that's not really the focus of this show. Um, 
but you know, there's some nice character moments in there too. Um, you know, if you haven't checked this out, like I would recommend at least giving it a look, you know, and deciding for yourself. Like I know, um, some people are real excited about it. Some people are like, oh, this looks terrible. Um, and I'm not going to beat the drum and say like, oh no, this is like the best thing ever. And you know, everybody should watch this and love it. I'm like, look, I get that it might not be for everybody. Um, but you know, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, you, you, I don't think there's such a thing as too much Star Wars content. And, you know, these were just nice, uh, nice little stories and additions to the canon here. Um, I like that one with, uh, the bounty one with, uh, Leia and Sabine too, where they're, uh, yeah, that was actually my favorite one. Yeah. That, that might be, that one was up there for me too. I should probably like watch them all again. You know, it only take like half an hour or something. Um, it's a small thing in that episode, but I just like it. How we're actually seeing stormtroopers trying to protect princess Leia under an attack. I mean, yeah, we haven't really seen that, but we know uh, that she was part of the Imperial Senate and she's royalty you know, exactly. from all the rest, so they would try to protect her. I just thought it was cool to finally actually see them do it. Yeah, but, and the the fact that she's basically under their noses, like, yeah. working against the Empire and, you know, Sabine, quote-unquote, kidnaps her um, as they're trying to, you know, she gives her a, a data tape that she stole of, like, Imperial base locations and then... Uh, you know, goes back to the stormtroopers is like, help get me out of here, you know? Um, so it's pretty cool to see that. Like, I mean, as much as we know Leia as, you know, being, you know, strong and heroic and stuff from the movies, like there's this whole different side of her that we haven't really gotten to see before that I guess we have seen a little bit on rebels, but you know, definitely not in the movies as far as like what she could do working against the empire from the inside as like a princess and a member of the Imperial Senate. Um, cause even, you know, throughout the, the whole original trilogy, like aside from the first movie, you know, you call her princess Leia, but she's really more like resistance fighter Leia who used to be a princess. And now she just fights the empire cause they blew up her planet. Um, we don't really get to see her do a whole lot of like the, the Royal Senator kind of thing here. And so seeing her in that role and, you know, using that to undermine the empire when they least expected it is pretty cool. Mm. I also like the Jin one because I think when that one aired, I just finished uh, the book Rebel Rising, which was really, really good. I rec highly recommend that book. I think it's up there as one of my favorite new canon novels. They just did a great job of showing Jin's backstory leading up to Rogue One. It was just really well done. And I think I kind of played it to why I enjoyed it, just seeing her, you know, kind of in what she was during that in that book where she's, you know, wandering around on different planets. And, you know, in this one, we see her trying to help out. Uh, this little girl and her uh, Tuka cat. <laughs> I, I know I was about to call them Loth cats, but I know she wasn't on Lothal here. So I think they're officially like Tuka cats or something like that. So, uh, But probably the one thing, this is going to be my fanboy nitpick, the more incompetent stormtroopers, the way that Wicked was able to tie him up in that knot and <laughs> having them miss shooting him when he's right in front of them. <laughs> then uh, that little cat, uh, Tuka cat, pushing him down uh, that... Uh, that little uh, sewer type area <laughs> once Jin helped him out. So yeah, just more incompetent stormtroopers. But again, Could I guess you I expect anything less from a children's cartoon. I was just going to say, even if it wasn't a children's cartoon, I shouldn't expect anything more than that from just your typical you original trilogy watch, era stormtroopers. You got to watch <laughs> death troopers take out Bays and Chirrut. Be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. I should. I I got clone troopers. I got death troopers. First order stormtroopers show they're much better. So I just gotta take this now when I see OT stormtroopers out. They just can't do a darn thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean they can't see a thing in their helmets. It's already been established. <laughs> but that's all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Th- this is not a, a showcase for elite stormtroopers on here. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, not a bad, you know, first batch of eight episodes. And then, uh, yeah, like we said, they're supposed to be, well, I guess they already aired these on Disney channel after they had released them all on YouTube. They were releasing like one a day. Um, but then at least according to like the initial press release, when they announced this back around celebration, they said they were going to air them all on Disney channel later in the year with an additional eight episodes, um, and I think even from the trailer, um, like the, you know, the, some of the trailers or whatever that they put out for this, there's, you know, other stories that we've seen little snippets of that we haven't actually seen yet in an episode. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what else they come up with. Um, I think there was supposed to be one with Hera, right? Yeah. She's definitely going to be in it. Yeah. And I think probably something else with Ahsoka maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm just hoping to see more with Ahsoka. Um, I imagine they're all going to get at least one more story. I'm sure there's some. Oh, yeah. There's eight more. Um, Yeah, maybe more with like, uh, you know, Sabine too. Although, I mean, she and Hera could be in the same one. But um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the uh, next batch will have, you know, even more cool stories. Uh, Hopefully they fix Anakin's face (laughs) because he needs some help. Yeah, if they're going to take any feedback, hopefully it's on Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's like the biggest gripe I've seen with it so far. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, not really like a whole lot to complain about. Like I said, I could just see where it might not be some people's cup of tea. Like it's definitely aimed at a younger audience. And, you know, if it doesn't appeal to you or if you don't particularly enjoy it, like that's fine. But yeah, it's nothing to get up in arms about like some fans were, which is pretty ridiculous yeah. actually so. but you know it's 2017 with the internet people will get up in arms about everything yeah, that is sadly true yeah um but yeah so that's forces of destiny um and then one little thing on a slightly related side note um relating to animation um and especially as we you know mentioned rebels and looking forward to season four of that and hopefully we'll get some new details released about that soon um or at least when we can expect to uh, see the season premiere dave filoni just (laughs) out of the blue tweeted the other day uh and said and this whole thing wasn't a tweet obviously because it's too long for a tweet but he tweeted out a, a picture of this you know block of text here um, he said, it just occurred to me that I never got to tell you the story of the time that Bendu met Ahsoka Tano. And already I'm like, hold on, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, a regular Tuesday afternoon on Twitter and Dave's like, oh, hey guys, guess what? I forgot to tell you that Ahsoka met Bendu one time. Uh, well, okay, Dave, we're all listening attently. It's story time. What's going on here? Um, he says, it was a brief encounter which took place around the end of the episode The Mystery of Chopper Base from Season 2, just before Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra left on their fateful mission to Malachor. Of their conversation, you might find this dialogue to be the most interesting. Uh, Bendu says, uh, you are set on this confrontation then? And Ahsoka says, I have to know the truth. So be it, but understand this, much will change as a result of this encounter, including you. Isn't that true of all things as time advances? 
My dear, when I say change, I mean death. So I will die? Will you? I didn't know that. Goodbye, then, Ahsoka Tano, former Jedi Knight. <laughs> they talk about a tease. <laughs> <sighs> like, what? It's like at the same time, like I love it when Dave does this. It's out of the blue. At the same time, you just get more questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then of right course, away. and then of course, he includes a really cool looking sketch of it too, with Ahsoka yep. talking to Bendu. And the thing I love about this, I mean, I want to know if he actually did conceive of this like around the time that, um, like while they were writing those episodes. And, you know, the Ahsoka and Kanan and everybody are there and he's like, oh, well, we just won't write this in the episode because we haven't introduced Bendu yet. But there's really this powerful force user out there on this planet and Ahsoka, you know, has a conversation with him. I mean, it seems like something they might have that he might have written in after the fact, like once they came up with Bendu for season three and he's there like on the same planet. And then maybe he's like, oh, what if Ahsoka had talked to him before they left? I don't know. I get the I kind of get the feeling it's the opposite where. Chopper base was all planned for Bendu to be there and whatnot. I kind of think what happened was maybe they wanted, you know, having Bendu show up for the very first time in like one quick little scene at the end of the penultimate episode of season two might not be the best way to introduce them. Let's say right. for the season three premiere. So I kind of think that's where the decision came to cut him out. But man, it's something I want to see though now because it's going to add. Uh, so much more context to what happened in Twilight of the Princess and to what I think is going to get revealed in season four. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, regardless of, of which way it is, just, I mean, it, it fits perfectly. And now I'm like, oh, man, like, I mean, that I could go back and watch the end of season two now. And I feel like this would add so much more context, like having seen season three and knowing that Bendu was there the whole time and that Ahsoka went and talked to him. Like, I mean, not that it really changes the story at all, but just adds more depth to it. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, I want to know like this whole conversation now, like mm-hmm. release an extended cut of that episode, like on the season three or four Blu-ray and, uh, you know, just add that in there as a deleted scene. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it got to, that far to being done to where Ashley Eckstein voiced Ahsoka here and uh, the actor who voices Ben Doom can't remember his name right now. I just know uh, he was one of Tom the doctors. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if they actually recorded dialogue for that and, or if it didn't make it that far, it was just kind of in concept, but it got cut pretty early on. It'd be cool if they did and it does show up on a deleted scene. It's kind of like some of those old Clone Wars stuff we got on those Blu-rays. I mean, just to get a little exposure to it <laughs> would be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's just like, I don't know, it's just one of those little things that it was totally out of the blue and unexpected, and it's just like, whoa, this is cool, and kind of changes the way I think about Rebels a little bit. I know, I was in the theater waiting uh, for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming to start, I was like, it was opening night, and like, it was almost time for the movie to start, and then I see this, like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have time to react to this or whatnot? <laughs> so, yeah, I was like crazy to get that before and just thinking about you know what it could mean for ahsoka and i've seen a lot of fans react to this too if we talked about this on previous episodes and what dave filoni said about parallels between ahsoka and gandalf how he transitions from gandalf the gray to gandalf the white and i think this kind of leads more to that <laughs> where you know she talks about uh, dying and then he's saying oh like do you like i was like what i when she goes 
uh, will I or so I will die. And he goes, will you? I didn't know that. So it's kind of playing to where, you know, she does die, but she comes back as something else where she didn't really die. So, you know, just adding all into that, you know, mm-hmm. comparisons that Dave Maloney said, you know, to Gandalf and some Lord of the Rings stuff, which I think would be, you know, I said it before, too. It would be awesome if Ahsoka kind of goes down that route. And I think it would be a cool journey for a character to go through. So uh, just another thing to look forward to in season four of Rebels, which another thing, too, you know, Dave, we talked about this, too, where Dave Filoni sent that picture or a sketch of Ahsoka, the Convery, and the, the wolf. And the, by the wolf, it said not Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. You know, then recently, StarWars.com, uh, posted a tweet saying again that the wolf is not a soak i forget exactly what it said but they're just trying to drive home that point that you know the wolf is not a soak which you know it's kind of strange for them to say that twice one from dave and one from the official lucasfilm or star wars twitter account hmm. so if they like say pablo hidalgo keeps saying that snoke is not plagueis <laughs> it, it just makes me think where you know are they saying this too much to throw people off because it is actually Ahsoka or somehow connected to Ahsoka. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to find out what happens with that wolf and with Ahsoka once season four begins. Yeah. I, I mean, I've given up kind of trying to speculate on that. Like for now, just cause we haven't really gotten any new information to go off of or anything, but I mean, I can't wait to see where they go with that. Um, can't wait for season four to start to find out when it's going to start and, you know, get back into that. Um, I think the, the, and it's funny cause I've almost, I mean, obviously I haven't forgotten about rebels, but that's been so like on my back burner lately, uh, just with all the excitement around mean. the last Jedi and battlefront and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like, wait, aren't we kind of missing like another main pillar of, exciting star wars stuff here oh yeah rebels what happened to that like it's just been you know kind of on break for a while and we haven't heard anything new recently about season four but um yeah like i'm you know remembering now just like how cool that trailer was from celebration um and uh just you know all the stuff with saw Gerrera and thrawn and all the you know rebels versus empire stuff but then also uh you know, some of these mysteries with Ahsoka and things like that. Um, not to mention Manda freaking Lorians. I know, um, it's going to be the first thing we're going to get. Yeah, like, bring it on. Let's go. Man, yep. Rebel Season 4, Battlefront 2, and The Last Jedi all in the same year. What did we do to deserve this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just say it again, Kyle. It's, it's a, a great time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, all right. Well, I think we've just about wrapped up or at least hit all the stories, uh, that we wanted to talk about for this episode. Um, but before we wrap up for good, um, you know, as always, uh, Tim, why don't you, uh, give us the rundown of the social media stuff or I could do it cause I've been the one posting these polls and stuff like that lately, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, why don't you start us off? And do we have any uh, any specific listener feedback, emails, comments, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, we got some. Uh, well, first off, the ones that tie into our first poll, which is for uh, Forces of Destiny. So, uh, I guess before you read off the results, I'll just get some of the reactions we got from the first episode when it airs, because I went to Twitter and asked what some of the fans thought. So, first off, uh, 
from our good buddy Matt Cranky at the Rebels podcast. Um, he says, um, the first episode, uh, it was okay. It reminded me of Tremors, which is a movie I haven't seen, but I guess regarding the <laughs> underground monsters had similarities to that. And then uh, Brian Bailey at Balls in Play says, I loved it. Can't wait to watch it with the Padawan tonight, uh, which is his daughter, which is cool that, you know, this is what the series is about, you know, for uh, parents' experiences with their little kids, sons or daughters. So I think little kids are going to really get it, love this. And if this is their exposure to Star Wars and it gets them into it, I mean, it's going to be worth it just for that. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. He goes on to say, love how Ray doesn't assume the worst of the Night Watcher. It hasn't eaten all day. Empathy and compassion help her find a win-win. If only we could do that more in our world. And he said, love the 2D animation. So, yeah, the, for the first episode, those are re- responses we got for uh, the Ray episodes of Forces of Destiny, which, you know, you know, some thought it was okay like Matt. And then uh, I know Brian wasn't the only one to really love it. So it's kind of a mix as far as the reaction to it, which, you know, our poll results reflect <laughs> in those mm-hmm. results. So, yeah. Uh, and like I said, I, I think I want to start doing these for like every one of our episodes now, instead of just saying like, Hey, we're talking about this on our episode. So what did you think about it? Like, you know, just do a poll for it. Um, so we can kind of see, you know, more, get a, a better gauge of, you know, what people's different reactions were and stuff. And of course, if you guys still want to just like reply to these and actually, uh, you know, give specific comments or feedback or, you know, just tweet us or email us or whatever, feel free. You know, we still, um, you know, love hearing from everybody, but I figured this would be a good way to kind of, you know, just get general impressions and stuff for more people. Um, and I actually did two for this episode because, um, we had been thinking at first that we were going to maybe record an episode last week um, and that Forces of Destiny was going to be the big thing to talk about. And then um, our schedules got kind of busy and we couldn't find a good day to record. And then Tim was also like, well, hey, D- D23 is coming up this weekend, so why don't we just record next week after that? Uh, which turned out to be a uh, brilliant strategic move on your part because obviously that was like what we spent 75% of the time on this episode talking yeah. about. Um <laughs> So, um, but anyway, you know, because we had originally been planning to talk about Forces of Destiny a lot, I still wanted to get, you know, kind of gauge people's reactions from that. So the first poll I did, I said, you know, what did you think of Forces of Destiny? Um, And uh, the options were absolutely love it. It's pretty good. It's all right, I guess. And I'm not impressed. Um, And it was kind of evenly split, but uh, the majority did say absolutely love it uh, was 34%. 26% said it's pretty good. 17% said it's all right. And 23% were not impressed. Um, and I mean, I didn't vote in the poll myself, but I would probably say I'm in the, it's pretty good camp. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, might not necessarily be for everybody, but I think it's, you know, it's a good addition to all the, the Star Wars stuff we've got going on right now. You know, it has its place among everything else and definitely, like we said, you know, targeted for, for the younger audience. And I'm sure, you know, kids are probably eating this up. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're, uh, you know, kind of on the right track with this. Looking forward to that next batch of episodes. And, um, you know. Yeah, I'd say we'll... this, you know, for its first round, I think it was a success. Yeah, you got the people who complained and didn't like it. But for those, you know, for who it was intended for, I think it was a big success on that part. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing to remember, too. Like, if, you know, if 30-year-old guys are watching this and not real happy with it. I don't think the people at Disney are going to be too worried about that. 
um, you know, if little kids are watching it and they're bored and like, no, let's watch something else and can't even get through a, a two minute episode, then they've got a problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that's obviously who they're mostly targeting it at. Um, and, you know, that's fine. I think they've probably accomplished the objective they were going for here. Yeah, definitely. So, and then also, too, got a few reactions to once the Battlefront 2 behind the story video went online. Um, Omar at Trojan Dude, he's just <laughs> sent a funny photo. You know that famous image of Fry from Futurama that says, uh, just shut up and take my money? Mm-hmm. He sent one where he looks like Luke and he just says, shut up and take my credits <laughs> regarding <laughs> the Battlefront video. And then uh, Brian Bailey chimes in again saying, it might break your hearts, but I never played Battlefront and don't have a system for Battlefront 2. So, I, of course, I had to reply with uh, the gif of Padme just saying you're breaking our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because even though the game looks awesome, I may never play it. But a family Disney trip is in the near future, but the cost of the hotel rooms per night may outprice us. So, yeah, in regards to the new Star Wars hotel and the Galaxy's Edge. So I would say if you're able to take a trip to Disney World or just to Disneyland for Galaxy's Edge, that might be worth it if you're not a video game player. I haven't played Battlefront. So I think you'll be good on that one, Brian, <laughs> if you're able to make it to the Galaxy's Edge. And then lastly, for as far as responses goes, I just wanted to mention the tweet from uh, Paul J at JJ Farms 31. Uh, he was mentioning to us how he's going to go to the Star Wars night at uh, Dodger Stadium. And he, he went and he sent us an image of, you know, the screen of shots of uh, the different Star Wars characters that were at the stadium. And he got to see Ryan Johnson throughout the first pitch. So I asked him, you know, how was this pitch? Because I haven't seen any clips of it yet of him throwing the first pitch so he responded us with that picture just saying it doesn't get any better than baseball and star wars and it may have caught the outside corner but ryan johnson had the distance and got props for it so the force was with ryan johnson as he was able to make it to the plate because there's nothing more embarrassing when you bounce the ball <laughs> to yeah. the plate so well geez, the- apparently the force is with the dodgers right now too they won't freaking lose <laughs> Maybe it was Star Wars night that did it in Ryan Johnson's presence. That's what they needed <laughs> to get on this role. Well, I would not be happy about that. I, I don't need a reason to be unhappy with Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I want to like him. I want him to make a really good movie, but don't go giving the Dodgers good luck. They're way too far ahead of my Diamondbacks as it is. And we're having a good season. And we're like already uh, 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 way too far distance out of first place. See, if only he threw out the first pitch for the D-backs' Star Wars night when they had it. See, that would have been awesome. (laughs) The division race is going to come down to where Ryan Johnson threw out the first pitch. So, So, yeah, thank you, Paul, for uh, sharing that image uh, with us when you're at Star Wars night. That was really cool that you got to go there and see, you know, all the costumes and with Ryan Johnson being there had to be pretty extra special, too. So thanks for sharing that. It was cool. Yay, Star Wars night. Boo, Dodgers. Yeah. I did reply, like, the only way Star Wars Night could be better if it was at uh, Yankee Stadium or, for you, Kyle, uh, the D-Back Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we did have a Star Wars Night, uh, gosh, what was it? it was about a month ago. Um, and I went to that. Um, but, yeah, we didn't have any famous directors or anything throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> Which, you know, is going to change the course of the season for both teams. We How little we knew at that time, but... <laughs> Uh, if, if the Dodgers end up winning the World Series, they should give Ryan Johnson a ring. They should give him a ring anyway if The Last Jedi ends up being as good as we all hope it'll be. <laughs> well, I think that's a given. <laughs> yeah. He'll be the champion over everybody. But um, 
anyway oh yeah and then so for for that second poll with the d23 stuff um i just said you know what announcement from d23 got you most excited uh no surprise the last jedi behind the scenes footage was number one with 57 percent uh then 24 percent said star wars galaxy's edge 16 percent said the disney star wars hotel and then uh coming bringing up the rear with three percent was the battlefront <laughs> two-story video um which you know we know that you guys all love battlefront just like we do too uh but yeah i mean it's hard to compare with the last jedi footage yeah um, and I will say too. I mean, yeah, the Last Jedi won by a pretty good margin, but uh, Star Wars: Galaxy Edge got a higher percentage than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a runaway by the Last Jedi or landslide results, but the Galaxy's Edge at twenty four percent, you know, hung in there pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not too surprised by the results because I know a lot of people were excited about that. And again, I mean, it's one thing to like hear an announcement that they're making a Star Wars section of the theme park, but then to see the model and imagine like, this is what it's actually going to look like was kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just knowing what you're going to be able to do once you're in there on the ride and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was super impressive. And then, I mean, the, the hotel was probably the biggest surprise for me. Um, you know, all the other stuff, like I knew was coming already and it was just like, okay, hope we get to see some cool stuff from this. But when I found out they were making like a Star Wars hotel, I was like, what? I didn't know that was <laughs> happening, but would be perfect that I want to stay there. Yeah, like when you just see the word Star Wars Hotel, okay, where, how much, when. Exactly. <laughs> like, like you're automatically already want to go there. Yeah. Call up, uh, you know, Expedia or whatever. Get me on that pronto. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the year is, just book it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, I wonder, like how far in advance you're going to have to book rooms for that thing. Yeah, that's a Probably good point. A, also, <laughs> long way. Yeah. Well, yeah, show up at the gonna... hotel, show up at the hotel and be like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I called to make my reservation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to have, have their handfuls with this hotel. I mean, just on a lot of different areas you, from booking, you know, maintaining it and all that stuff, keeping it, as big as they're promising it's going to be with you know what they're revealing right now so hopefully they can all make it pull off and have it work and have it be smooth for those who you know want to go there but I, like you said i imagine trying to book a room there unless it's like outrageously expensive where it turns a lot of people away i can imagine it being booked for quite a while mm -hmm. but you know what would be awesome though i mean they're talking about it being like so immersive and how like from the moment you step in you're going to be part of the star wars story like i wonder if you even like called a book of reservation if like the people on the phone talk like star wars characters huh. <laughs> that would be interesting or at least have a star wars type name when they introduce themselves yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be interesting yeah or like you know please uh enter your credit card number into your com link yeah or yeah or how would you be paying with like republic credits or <laughs> imperial <laughs> yeah. credits republic credits are no good out here we need something more real <laughs> yeah they're gonna have a bunch of toy darians as the reception is there so you can't try to you know Use Jedi mind tricks and bargain <laughs> to wait for a better deal <laughs> for a hotel room. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to just like experience all that stuff. Yep. Hopefully, years from now, we're still doing this podcast. We'll do an episode that's going to recount our experience at the Star Wars hotel. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. 
that's the goal. Yeah, or do a podcast from there. Oh, there you go. But then yeah. we'll have to do it like in character. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We'll pretend we're guest hosts because we'll have our Star Wars clothes. Well, maybe they'll give us Star Wars names. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool possibilities they could do with that. So much to look forward to with that and Galaxy's Edge. And <laughs> The Last Jedi and Battlefront and all of this stuff because it's an awesome time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> um, In case you forgot. Yeah, right. Like we haven't said it enough already. But uh, anyway, I think we're just about ready to wrap up uh, for this episode. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thanks to you guys who, you know, participated in the Twitter polls and sent us messages and stuff. Um, and as always, you can check us out on social media at, uh, at Star Wars TSC on Twitter and at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. And you can, wait, is it f- The Saga Continues or Star Wars The Saga Continues? For Facebook, it's Star Wars The Saga Continues, I believe. Okay, yeah, it's a long name. Just log into Facebook and look up Star Wars The Saga Continues. That's That's all, yeah, who uses, like, (laughs) specific URLs for Facebook pages anyways? Um, And you can uh, find our website at StarWarsTSC.com. You can send us email at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. And uh, be sure to check out ThunderQuack.com for all the awesome podcasts on the ThunderQuack Podcast Network. Um, And, uh, yeah, like I said, that's... uh, just about going to wrap it up for now Um, it's been a blast talking all this great Star Wars stuff thank you guys again for tuning in we will see you next time and may the force be with you see you next time everybody